0: Welcome to 10 Years of Arnold, a conversation podcast discussing the films of Arnold Schwarzenegger from Conan the Barbarian to Terminator 2. I'm Dustin Dapre, joined alongside, as always, by Mark Santisteven, and today it's time to get our asses to Mars, because we are discussing... Get your ass to Mars! (laughs) Because we are discussing 1990s Total Recall, directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rachel Ticotin, Sharon Stone, and Michael Ironside. Mark... What a ride. What 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 a week this was. What a ride, Dustin. Uh, prepping this. We went from twins. We had a great time with Dave. That was a blast. And then we jumped right in, like right into Total Recall. I I, I was looking forward to it. And it, man, what a week.
1: My approach to Total Recall was different than the other ones. This one I pretty much watched right away because yeah. I knew that I would be happy to watch it. As many times as necessary, and I knew that it was going to take a lot of time in this movie to get it to get a good grasp on it. So I watched mm-hmm. a lot of Total Recall this week. Absolutely, yeah. Also, really- before we go too much farther, we just want to say happy birthday to the legend Danny DeVito. <laughs> this is oh, being yes, recorded right. on his birthday, apparently. Yep. 77 According to Twitter,
0: 77 the legend, legend himself. Absolutely, yes. uh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um take us in i just had a few thoughts here one is this just solidified for me how much for me i think sci-fi is just such a wonderful probably my preferred vessel when it comes to just like pondering things Mm. um and i i had texted you this week and we've we've explained it multiple times that we we try to for the most part keep our thoughts to ourselves until we meet to record but obviously sometimes when we're too excited we can't this one was the hardest. It was so hard, and we we definitely bled the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we cheated this week for sure. Um, but Snuck I had out. texted you. I had <laughs> texted you, and I was like, "Man, I haven't thought this hard since Terminator." Like, just about <laughs> yes. one of these movies, and thinking about like everything and how much you know, there's just like a was well, a lot to ponder, and it was fun, and, and you know, it's nerdy or whatever. But it's just you know, sci fi is just so fun to to kind of ponder and think about, especially good sci fi.
1: I 100% agreed with you. My thought exactly, even before you texted me, that was this feels like I feel like I felt the same way watching Terminator, where every single time I rewatched it, every new thing that I learned about it, every new YouTube video, whether it was a. 20 year old review or someone talking about the movie in hindsight, retrospective or documentaries from the time or interviews with Arnold around the time. Every single piece of information that I got fascinated me more and more and I couldn't get enough. And eventually I had to Turn the faucet off so that I could try and get my thoughts together. Totally. We, yeah. You'll get, here we you'll are. Get
0: analysis. You'll get analysis, paralysis. Um, so I guess a, a good place to start would just be here would be my history with the movie, just because I think it's a little humorous. I so, can't
1: wait to hear this. So,
0: so I've, as I mentioned several times, that the ones that I, of these movies that I rewatched a lot of times were the ones that my dad had had on VHS. And so we had Total Recall. And I remember one time I went to, I was very young, because I watched all like the Terminators and uh, Commando. Way younger than I probably should, so I put on Total Recall, and the first scene terrified me because yeah. I was correct. It is the stuff of nightmares, horrifying. And <laughs> so I, I was out, and I was like, nope, I'm out. And then.
1: so you, so you didn't finish it.
0: No, I I hadn't finished it. And I was too scared, probably wise, too scared uh, when I was young. And then I had this friend, he was in my sister's class, but our dads knew each other. So that's how we got to know each other. Uh, He was like three years older than me. And I remember one time he came over and he saw a total recall and he was like, oh dude you guys got total recall i said and i was like trying to be cool you know because i was like not trying to tell him that i was too much of a wimp to watch it too big of a coward and then he was like yeah i was like yeah yeah you know i think my dad watched that once he's like you know there's a woman with three boobies and as (laughs) as adolescent boys do when you are uh in you know adolescent boys from the early to mid 90s you scrub the vhs tape to f- you scroll through to find that because i had to see that so you know i knew that was coming and you know this movie uh i just regrettably that was my my history with this that movie. was amazing i, <laughs> I regretted <it. laughs> I, I, I was it. not
1: expecting that but i'm also like unsurprised that that was the conversation so yeah, yeah. that's I mean, amazing just, <laughs>
0: that's what you when you were a young boy in the 90s that's what you did sure. if you heard there was nudity <laughs> in a movie so um yeah that was my humorous story and i mean i'm remiss that th- i would have lo- ate this up as a teenager and stuff and i i know i have seen clips here and there and i knew the general gist of it but to really take it in and to really enjoy it, man. What a, what a delight. What a So drive. you had not
1: seen this whole thing through until just now?
0: Uh, yeah. I think wow. until this week. Okay. Um, was probably... Okay. Like, that I could definitively say. I will say, like, I'm, you know...
1: Right, right. So you... At, as you were watching it this time, you were like... A lot of it felt fresh.
0: A lot of it felt fresh. Cool. And obviously, you know, I could feel some of the RoboCop parallels just because both Paul Verhoeven movies. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it was fresh, a lot of it was fun, and then the way the movie is structured and obviously the, the question that the movie poses was a lot of fun because I watched it obviously more than yes. once, like, yes, yes. which I normally do,
1: so that was fun. I uh, My experience is I would watched it as I have come to most of these movies as an adult, mm-hmm. going through a Schwarzenegger phase a couple of years ago, so I had it, at least I remembered watching the movie and watching the story, and I remembered all the big moments. Definitely a movie that will cause big impressions on you if you watch it too young. <laughs> so yes. I get that. I, I did not watch it too young, Yeah, um, I'll say. But <laughs> some movies I think you should watch too young. Like, I think you should watch Jurassic Park when you're too young and it scares you. Uh, probably not Total Recall. No,
0: yeah. I mean, informative a, a <laughs> movie, I think, for a lot of people. But yes. I mean, make, like for those who are on un, unaware, uninitiated, Paul Verhoeven will often do heavy violence and heavy sexuality and he likes to blend those things and he certainly does that here um so there are moments both from violence and sex that yeah when you're maybe too young (laughs) might not be the most appropriate (laughs) movie but yeah take me in mark take us in let's just get into this so we
1: start off on mars
0: Mars looks fucking sweet.
1: Mars looks incredible. It also looks horrible. It looks like nowhere yeah. I would ever nowhere want to be. be. There,
0: ever want to there, be.
1: In a lot of sci-fi stuff, you can imagine places that you would want to go, like Star Wars. It's like, oh man, I'd love to go to the Star Wars sci-fi universe and explore planets and fly in spaceships. Not this movie, not Total Recall. You do not want to go to this Mars, uh, but it looks awesome.
0: Yeah, they make Mars out to be like just the worst. But yeah, like visually just paints a great picture Arnold and an at this point an un, I know an unknown woman are traversing in spacesuits and they're just sort of admiring the scenery. And Arnold slips, and as he slips, he falls down uh, this hill, cracks open his spacesuit, and proceeds to have his eyeballs sucked out of his head from the vacuum of space, and his tongue expands. Dude, this puppet is so terrifying. It's, it's still terrifying. terrifying. I don't feel like ashamed in the least that it terrified me when I was a kid. Oh my god, it's no. horrible. It's horrible. So it's scary. horrifying.
1: There's m- several modes of, of true horror and disgust that you will feel in watching yeah. this movie. This And it kicks off with it right away. Like It looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. And it looks like his eyes are bulging out of his head. And it's,
0: it's horrifying,
1: but it's also awesome. It's also awesome. It, it rules was really It definitely rules. And, that's, and then he wakes up.
0: Arnold yeah, it turns wakes out up. That's a, turns out that's a dream. He wakes up screaming, sweating. He's in his bed with his lovely wife, played by Sharon Stone. Uh, Lori, and she starts asking him, like, was it your dream again? She's, uh, and she's, like, intense here. Oh, yeah. She's not about this dream that he keeps having. She doesn't like it. It, She's very, she feels like something suspicious. She's not about this dream. She keeps asking about this woman. They get into an argument about. He's
1: like, he's like, I told you about this lady. She's just
0: in my dreams. Why are you jealous of her? And she's like, why do you dream about her every night? (laughs) Yeah, and they kind of get in, like, this. For me, it was a little uncomfortable. I don't know this like weird fight they kind of get into, but it's like it's playful. But it was just uh, it's I mean, playful. She's but like,
1: they definitely, she's definitely like mad
0: at him. Yeah, for having a, very, a nightmare, very awkward. But she's <laughs> like really like instantly, you get the Paul Gerhov and horniness because he, she's like, oh my baby, and she's like cuddling him and kissing his neck, and I was like, oh, okay, there it is, there it is, <laughs> that's his um, style.
1: I think you you come to understand later why she would be interested in him having dreams about Mars. Very quickly, they they keep get this plot moving, but
0: yeah, but she's very jealous, um, very jealous, very inquisitive of uh, of this dream that she keep uh, he keeps having. But eventually, she kind of drops it, and then we just it's Arnold making breakfast. Yeah, he's making like oatmeal or something. That's definitely a protein shake. It's got to be a protein shake for Arnold.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Um, And there's the apartment's pretty sweet. It's nice. It's a nice apartment. It's got a nice TV wall which is cool. I like sci-fi, cool stuff. And that's a cool sci-fi TV wall. <laughs> sci-fi, cool stuff. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's what we call them, uh, in the podcasting industry. Yep. So he's watching uh, news about Mars.
0: Yeah. Apparently there was a raid on the pyramid raids on Mars. They kind of, in the news report, you first get where they talk about uh, turbidium. Forgive me if I'm saying that incorrectly. It's a made up mineral. Doesn't matter. But it's the resource that they mine on Mars it's very valuable, helps them fight wars, probably finance wars and stuff like that. So one thing that I liked about this was whenever I watch like older sci-fi movies, I always like enjoying looking at the things that it had influenced, whether in like directly or indirectly, or you just see like references, what feels like references to other things, but then also other other things that were maybe influential to the, the thing. So what I mean by this is I just watched Dune also. So when they're talking about a distant planet where they're mining this precious substance i was instantly reminded of in dune when they're uh yes mining mining the spice on arrakis yes yes for sure also uh important note
1: dune being based off of a book total recall also being based off of a short story by philip k dick which i forget the name of but it's amazing it's like we've got your dreams wholesale or something like that it's called i think it's
0: we can remember that for you wholesale
1: which is such a good name that name is awesome yeah (laughs) um and this is based off of that book, which basically it's just the concept of you can buy memories, I guess. Which we'll get, we're we'll get to that. We're we got to keep moving. I'll we'll never make it anywhere,
0: Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the TV, apparently the great uh, the chairman Cohagen... Uh, reveals that there was the the rebels of Mars have attacked the pyramids and um you know he he denounces this attack and the, this insurgency from these rebels.
1: The rebel Kuato has claimed uh responsibility for the attack.
0: And this scene really establishes that Arnold then uh, Doug Quaid seems has a lot of trust for Cohagen. She uh, Lori comes over and she's like, turn up the news. Will you stop? This is why you have nightmares. The news is always terrible. Don't watch the news and he. Again, she tries to like kiss him. He wants nothing to do with it. He's very like watching. She changes the TV
1: wall to a beautiful, relaxing scenery.
0: Yeah. Uh, He changes it back and she's, (laughs) you know, he's like, Cohagen says it's just a few. Or no, because he goes, Lori, let's do it. Let's move to Mars. And she's like, Are you out of your mind? Because (laughs) Mars is terrible. It's dusty. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of like classist stuff in this. She's just like, You know, it's dangerous, but there's no air. Everything's in a dome. It's dusty and terrible. Why would I want to go to Mars? (laughs) He's very insistent. she's like it's also like super dangerous at which point he his rebuttal is Cohagan says it's you know it's totally fine. He only thinks it's a few rebels they have it under control. no big deal. she is not having it
1: and he finally drops it. She's like she's like very insistent that this conversation needs to be over. And he's like, okay, all right, don't worry. Like, well, okay, it's fine. We're good. And then he's kind of getting up to go to work, right? He's going to his job and she's trying to encourage him a little bit, giving him like the hug and the pat down. And and then he's just confessed, confides to her, you know, like, I really feel like there's more for me in this life
0: than what I'm doing right now. And then uh, he's out the door. Yeah, I did find it. I mean you know, these feelings, anyone, you know, no one is uh, above these, these feelings at any given time. But I think just because we've been in the throes of this podcast to picture someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger feeling inadequate, is kind of like, was a little amusing to me, but. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Almost like this person was put in this situation that they weren't supposed to be in. There's this
0: clawing feeling. Weird. There's more to that. As he leaves,
1: um, she is very reflective. Like the camera lingers on her face for a bit and Uh, you know, she just said her goodbyes and she was smiling. He walks out the door and her countenance falls and she looks very reflective and she's thinking deeply about, you know, what's, what's going on in this
0: conversation. And then he's on his way to work, goes to work on the Metro goes through this uh, X-ray device. They have these like really cool X-ray devices. It's awesome. Yeah, the X-ray rules. Um, (laughs) But he goes to the X-ray security station, gets on the Metro, sees the ad for recall where they say, you know, don't travel to Mars because that's dangerous as hell, but just get the real memory. Um, And my first thought was coming in the age of COVID was, getting memories implanted when you're not able to go somewhere that kind of hit a little different, mm, you know, I was totally. to think about like in, in the depths of last year, things have obviously opened up a little bit, but still not great. And just thinking about like how many people, If that was an option last year to get memories implanted of a vacation. Oh, just plug me in and take me to the Bahamas. That would have been a very lucrative market, I I suspect. But Arnold gets to work. We get the viewing of one of the many very wise decisions that this movie makes was (laughs) instead of the original story of this main character being a boring accountant, they knew that Arnold couldn't be just an accountant. They had to make him a construction worker, and that was more uh, fitting for his physique. And it is. Got the guns out. Jackhammering. Jackhammering. Looking huge, jackhammering while well jacked. Uh, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> it's great. Um, should we talk about the uh, original thought and, and how this all kind of came to be? Is this the moment?
0: I think we got to weave it in eventually. Um, but it's just another instance of Arnold making all the right calls.
1: Making all the right calls and waiting hit the right time for all of these things to line up properly. Originally, this movie was to be made by Dino De Laurentiis who we have watched several of his films now or several films that he was responsible for some good and others most <laughs> not I'd say not one as. one
0: one good <laughs> four bad or three yeah. bad
1: <laughs> but uh yeah he has loomed large over the career of arnold schwarzenegger and in this way it's much different than he did in other cases he was the one who was going to, him and his company were going to make Total Recall, or they had the rights
0: to make Total Recall. For years, because this short story came out in the late 60s, and I think the rights got sold in the 70s, but they just kept bouncing it around Hollywood and like not getting it made all throughout the late 70s and 80s.
1: Arnold wanted to be in this movie for a long time, which is so interesting.
0: Yeah, and he uh, he wanted to do it, and De Laurentiis was like, no. That's
1: not the character. The main character is not not Arnold. It's not an Arnold yeah. thing. It's uh, somebody else, like a small stature guy, a dorky guy. So Arnold wasn't going to be the star. Eventually, uh, De Laurentiis company w- went bankrupt. Somebody else got the rights to Total Recall. Do you remember some of the details about how this changed hands?
0: Yeah, well, they, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, they went bankrupt because raw deal didn't do well, which is hilarious. Shocker. <laughs> Uh, Raw deal didn't do well. What a and shame! What a crime! What a, what a tragedy! <laughs> um, so that kind of bankrupted what was remaining of De Laurentiis's uh, production company, and so Arnold just you know he did he did Predator and Twins, and Twins was through this uh, very kind of up and coming um, production company, Coralco. and they had done the Rambo movies and the tw- and Twins, so he knew these guys, and so when he knew that the rights were now being sold off, apparently he went to. Uh, I think it's like Mario Cassar and Andrew uh, Vanya, if I remember correctly. But he goes to them to get there. He says, hey, look, I want to do this movie. Go buy this script. I want to do this movie. Buy the script. Go buy this script. And they're like, well, Arnold's the, the biggest star on the planet right now. So he is cool. no question at this point, enormous star. Yes. Yeah, so they were like, great. Awesome. So they apparently it was like the next day they went back to him. They're like, hey, three million bucks. We bought the bought the rights to this. And Arnold was like, awesome. And then instantly took ownership and in in something that would never happen ever. I don't think ever again in this age in Hollywood, just the amount of power that Arnold had over this project, like your actors aren't going to have this much power. He had like so much sway when he was basically an executive producer. He just didn't get a title for it, but he had, he was picking the director. He was picking a lot of the crew. He was making a lot of the story decisions or the whatever decisions if need be and then he was heavily involved in the editing. And then we'll come to find out he was heavily involved in the marketing and just made so many brilliant calls along the way. If he curious, loved making this
1: movie. He loved that he got to make this movie and he loved being involved every step of the way. And I think that's true for literally anyone that you could hear talking about their involvement in this movie. Everyone was is excited to talk about their experience on this movie. They loved doing it. And they got to do really cool stuff, but he definitely is the spearhead of that excitement.
0: And two, like we've talked a lot about him just making all the right calls. Like one, wanting to be the villain in Terminator. He brought in Stan Winston for Predator. There's been a few other examples. Knowing know that he about.
1: shouldn't have been, that uh, Conan the Destroyer shouldn't have sucked. He knew that. Oh, that right. He...
0: Yes. He was like, it shouldn't be funny. <laughs> it, it should, should be rated serious. R. Like, we should get right, some blood right, and violence right, in you're Right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that was the other one we leaned heavily into. Yeah, and, yeah. um So he's made all these right calls. And again, I think at this the point, like, it The twins call. Taking a different deal so that twins could get made. Yeah, totally. And recognizing that I think it would be so easy for someone of Arnold's stature and power at this point to have such an ego that would just spiral out of control. But again, Mm. he has it. He's definitely like confident, maybe even arrogant. But at the same time, he knew he was like, "All right, I want to do this, but we need to pick the right director." And he wanted he knew the guy. He's like, "Hey, that guy who directed that RoboCop movie, RoboCop was." awesome. So I want to like, I want that guy to make this movie and being smart enough to know when to like, let the right people do the right job. And it sounded like that was like a theme throughout all this. Apparently Paul, they were super collaborative. They were like very good friends throughout all this. They trusted each other immensely when Paul needed help with the studio to make a few decisions. Apparently Arnold threw his clout and was like, nope, if Paul says this is how it's done, this is how it's getting done. Or like, uh, you know, and nobody said no to Arnold. Yeah, you're not going to say no. No, your most bankable star. He nope. had so much power, and uh, yeah, it was just like a. If anyone's interested, I mean, there's tons of stuff. The Blu-ray that I had had a whole making of documentary. I sent Mark this piece uh, written by the Ringer. You can check it out. Came out last year for because this movie turned 30 last year, so they did you know some retrospectives and a great piece about the history of making this movie. Um, I think it's just called like how Arnold willed Total Recall by The Ringer. You can find it. Um, but it's awesome. So just so much great history about this, making all the right moves, all the right calls, having fun. So many good stories about Arnold being like, apparently, this, even though this crew liked it, to your point. It was a rough shot, rough shoot. Like six months, <laughs> the most expensive movie ever made at the time. Everyone's getting sick because I, one of the, I watched this interview. I don't know if you saw it. There's an interview from recently a few years ago with paul verhoeven and it's just him just him talking about the story and making it and he said like everyone got sick in mexico just like the adjusting to the food and everyone the water except and for arnold except for Arnold, because he was down in mexico filming predator and everyone got sick on predator so he was like i'm bringing my own chef with <laughs> he <me." laughs> literally
1: brought his own chef and had all of his food sent to him from the <laughs> united states
0: just a level of just he was just like I'm happy to do whatever this movie takes, but I got sick on Predator.
1: But also, I I, I have the cash to get whatever I want, yeah. and I'm going to the- get my own chef to cook me food and not eat anything that I find here. Incredible. But yes, everyone getting sick. Apparently, Paul Verhoeven was so sick by the end of the filming, they had an ambulance on set so that they could give him fluids to keep That's him crazy. going.
0: That work ethic is insane. I mean, you hear some of these horror stories about making these movies, and that's just out of control. I was also taken aback when when you're reading these stories, and it talks about Arnold doing 20 to 40 takes, but not having the ego. He just would ask Paul, and Paul would be like, it's it's not quite there. And he's like, all right, well, if it's not there... And how Paul would literally
1: be like, he would be like, act out for him. No, I want a little more of this. And he would be literally like, right alongside him. Mm-hmm. Giving him instructions, and Arnold, as someone we've talked about all along, very open to learning and trying and doing different things, never being the one to like take over for someone that you know is extremely competitive and extremely opinionated when it came to he trusted his director he was he was going he was listening to them
0: all that to say okay, put that ego it's
1: aside. A, it's a good choice to have Arnold as the construction worker instead <laughs> of the dorky accountant he's i'm glad
0: you remember that i was like how did we even get here we were just like well it's history time <laughs> a little history Jack
1: arnold with a jackhammer uh and they they wanted this character to be like some nerd guy uh yeah. and that's the wrong choice for total recall
0: said he talks to this like hilarious guy that he works with who's this like super new york accent and he's like hey harry you ever hear of that recall place and he's like recall what you know, recall they give you that fake memory he goes oh, yeah, recall, recall. Don't fuck with your brain, pal. Don't fuck with your brain, pal.
1: Uh, He's like, don't go there. Someone who went there, they got lobotomized. Their brain stuff is no good. You don't want to play with that. And then
0: he's just like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're probably right. He's like, yeah, you're probably <laughs> he's like, never right. Mind. I'm, never mind. I'm going to go on my lunch break. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're probably right.
1: I won't go there. And then he keeps working. And uh, the his buddy suddenly has the same oddly reflective look in his eye that his wife had earlier he's kind of like hmm this is a weird conversation i'm thinking about this arnold does not take this to heart at all
0: oh he mentioned something about mars he's like because he says he's like oh yeah that's right what are you talking about mars don't fuck with your brain
1: (laughs) this guy's great (laughs) he's he's good he's my neighbor (laughs) he he feels (laughs) like somebody i know (laughs) yeah totally uh yeah he's like uh, none of that advice he's none of that advice not even for one second he goes straight to this place the first chance he gets
0: straight to recall uh when he goes in he meets the receptionist and introduced to the salesman who's like perfect this little how you like the salesman he's so just a (laughs) swarmy, fast talking kind of dude and it's just he kills
1: it Yes, he nails it and you you get the two faced side of him like later on. And it's like, that's exactly what this guy is. He's got Mm -hmm. this scummy layer underneath him. But on the surface, he's, you know, (laughs) he'll sell you anything.
0: Instantly trying to upsell you, he mentions, Hey, I really want to go to Mars. He's like, "Eh, Mars kind of sucks. You want to go to Saturn? How about Saturn? Saturn's (laughs) awesome. Saturn's way cooler. And he and And
1: dude, Quaid is like, Dude, you don't get it. I'm obsessed with Mars.
0: I'm dreaming of Mars. (laughs) I literally cannot
1: stop thinking about Mars every second of the day. The
0: only place I want to be is Mars.
1: You don't even have to sell me this. (laughs) Just plug my brain into Mars immediately. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) He's like, All
0: right, man, I'll give you. well there's a two-week package i like that um
1: uh arnold does push back a little bit but he doesn't actually care but he does at one point he's like well what about the guy that got lobotomized and the the salesman he doesn't like deny it he just says you're talking about ancient history here pal (laughs) instead of being like i don't know what you're talking about
0: (laughs) he also has like the graph i love too where he's like hey listen statistically speaking (laughs) is way safer to have us meddle with your brain then put your ass in a rocket ship, which he's probably not wrong, but it's still – it just right. instantly has an excuse for it. Yeah, So good.
1: <laughs> it's like you always see the statistics of like,
0: you're safer on a plane than you are driving, yeah. and it's like yeah. –
1: yeah, but you just were talking about dying on a plane. It's still making me yeah, think about that. <laughs> not helpful in the right
0: in the moment. Thank you
1: very much. Quaid is like, yeah, sign me up.
0: Can you imagine? This feels like a very one inv- like invasive procedure, and I don't know what the currency exchange rate is, but he says something eight hundred credits or whatever. Feels expensive. This would
1: have to be super expensive, I would think.
0: Super expensive. I would imagine time consuming. I think Maybe you not. also
1: get that idea from the woman that he meets shortly after that he's like trying to schmooze. He calls her a very important client. I put the quotes oh, up yeah. uh, and I get the feeling that she's probably like a wealthy person looking for her, you know, vacation thing. So I think
0: that's what it is. So I, I think, well, I would imagine this is geared more towards like the upper middle class. Cause I think if you're wealthy, you're actually going on these trips. I think, yeah, that could be that's that.
1: I totally can see that take. I also think it could be that Quaid is like, literally
0: willing to like spend all of his money on this. He has to be because other, and also very daring because you don't just make this crazy expensive purchase. He doesn't tell his wife. He's not, he's
1: not loaded either. He's a working man.
0: Yeah. Working man goes, but doesn't tell his wife, instantly goes after work. Yes. Interesting choices. So obsessed with Mars. Extremely is obsessed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get what you're saying too. The upper middle class
0: kind of thing. Because that seems to be much of their marketing is like, hey, it's dangerous and super expensive to, to actually go. vacations to so, Mars. So like, hey, this is the- Yeah. The, you, know, Im- yeah
1: you can afford it.
0: To, you can uh, add, uh 12 easy payments of <laughs> yeah 300 credits Sales, per month <laughs> definitely well a salesman swoops in and again tries to upsell and he's like hey listen, like Mars is cool you have delivery
1: fun. on this part is really good
0: however, what's the same thing about every vacation you have? It's you you want to try what we call an ego trip <laughs> uh, he's
1: like he's like i am not i have zero interest in that arnold says
0: yeah he's like come on man you don't want to be like an athlete airplane pilot Play, uh, uh, secret agent secret agent and he goes oh i want to be, be secret a secret agent, agent. okay so <laughs> he's obsessed like, with mars and for some reason being a secret agent instantly <laughs> speaks to him yes you know? um so he's like it's only only 300 extra credits only 300 extra credits he's like sits down and he's like I don't want to spoil it for you,
1: but hold on. I have it written down here. Oh, good. I'm glad the, you did. The breakdown is so good. And th- this guy knows that he has him locked already. So he's just lapping up the moment here. Like Arnold is 100% sold. You could tell him that it would cost his arm and he would be, he would go for it. But he sits down. He's like, ah, let me tantalize you. You are a top operative back under deep
0: cover on your most important mission. People are trying to kill you left and right. You meet this beautiful, exotic woman. Come on. I don't want to spoil it for you, Doug, but you rest assured by the time the trip is over, you get the girl, kill the
1: bad guys, and save the entire planet. Now you tell me, isn't that worth a
0: measly 300 credits? And Arnold
1: is like, plug me in
0: goes right into the dope the recall chair rules the aesthetics of the recall chair rules with the thing
1: there's a whole thing that behind him like a whole computer system
0: yeah the whole computer system right behind him rules and you have this like shwarmy little lab tech guy ernie ernie (laughs) he needs to work on his (laughs) bedside manner he's awesome he's like (laughs) what's he say he goes like oh yeah
1: hardly hardly anything ever goes wrong here uh yeah,
0: he's like, all right, you know. Oh, no, he literally I have a run right now He goes, Things rarely fuck up here.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> very,
0: Ernie's very great bold choice of words, Ernie to your clients. And uh Dr. Really? I think her name's Dr. Lull or something like that. She I didn't she get the doctor's
1: in, name. I got Ernie's name, but I didn't get the she doctor's. She comes name.
0: in, explains that they're gonna, you know, do this procedure. Uh
1: she's having a good time too. I love that at this point here. Both of these two are very much happy in their work. Oh yeah, they're smiling and joking with each other. They're like, "This is going to be great." And, and
0: she is, she's like, "All right, well, now you, you bought the spy package and we're doing alien stuff. So I need you to look at a couple pictures of aliens, and then we also need you to pick your woman." And they ask him a few questions like, "What's your <laughs> well, What's your orientation?" Yeah. He's like mm. starting to fall asleep. He's like hetero, and then he's like, "Right," because they gave him the drug. Yeah, They tranked him in the neck, and he's like, "All right, I'm hetero. I want." brunette i want um this scene is athletic wild. i want demure uh sleazy. Sleazy.
1: sleazy and then as he's passing out he also adds in demure, demure. this scene is insane it, oh man
0: <laughs> when this is uh i think peak arnold noises coming up here shortly it's this movie oh yeah if, if commando is one liner the movie this is arnold sounds arnold, arnold, arnold noise, noise the movie, the movie. yes <laughs> for sure we're back with our friend the salesman who mark already alluded to was with a a client that he clearly wants to reel in he's really laying on the charm his video
1: did you uh did you notice the anything on this scene i wondered if it was arnold working out on the screen oh
0: yeah good question i
1: really wish that someone would have told me that that was him because in my head it's him. i think you should
0: just (laughs) go with that that's like, I think that that's it's exactly because
1: yeah, there's she he's selling this woman this package right the same deal get your memory implanted for your vacation the only thing we know about what she wants is there's this absurdly ripped gentleman's back <laughs> as he's pumping iron just his yeah. back like not his arms not his head just his back. It would have been almost that's all that's it for her it probably would have been a rights
0: <laughs> thing but it would have been hilarious if they had just got a clip from like pumping iron pumping iron oh my gosh when he was, would have been when so he was good. at his peak that would have been awesome I, I just assumed that it was <laughs> Arnold I think it is I think that's a reasonable that, I that think workout. that's totally a reasonable I, assumption
1: she has she pushes back more than Arnold did because she says um well, oh, I'm not so sure I don't get a souvenir <laughs> <laughs> she was great um and that's when uh he gets a call that there is a call Arnold's going nuts yeah so it's a it's a cool shot because the camera like pans back as he's doing his sales pitch and then you see the computer on his yeah. desk or the screen on his desk and the doctor is frantic trying to get his attention but there's no sound coming out because he's in a meeting he muted his, his calls so he's still talking you see her freaking out and then the receptionist comes back and bangs on the yeah. glass and that's what gets his attention and then he goes over to answer the call he says i'm i'm, I'm in the middle of a meeting with a very important client and what does she say?
0: I think we're having another schizoid embolism. Is how, and he's like, Oh, sh-. "What an
1: amazing combination of words!" <laughs> yeah, he's he's instantly like, he l- like flies out the door. It's
0: embolism. I gotta go, I gotta go take care of something. They rush out to the lab <laughs> yes. where Arnold is going ballistic. Ballistic. Cannot emphasize this enough. Screaming you blew my cover and he's just so we're
1: 19 minutes into this movie we're 19 minutes into this movie and it's time to buckle up it does not stop from here
0: no from here you're there's a moment where i have where it's coming up soon this is a this is definitely a good signifier but for me there was like one moment where i was like oh now we're in and we're getting there shortly yeah 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 but yeah when he's going ballistic (laughs) (laughs) You blew my cover! What the fuck is going uh, on here? You can't do a simple goddamn uh, double implant! It's not my fault, it's in a memory cap. I'll be here any minute! They killed you all! I know what the hell is he talking about? I don't know. Let me go! Oh, Mr. Quaid, what? try to calm down! Uh, uh, my uh, name is not Quaid! Let me go on timing now! And he's like choking the salesman guy,
1: and he rips his arm out of the yeah. thing, which is something that they should have kept in mind uh that he can do that because it's Arnold
0: well they kind of do (laughs) because this one is like a velcro strap and then it changes he rips out of the velcro changes down the road we'll get there but not enough no (laughs) not definitely not enough to hold Arnold he grabs him by the face and he's like they had to like super trank him they have to trank him like eight times dude
1: yes they they finally as he's holding one hand on this guy's face I think Ernie or the doctor maybe it's the doctor comes up and she puts the trank gun on his
0: leg and she's like Like just loading him up up with juice. And he finally goes back (laughs) down, and the salesman's like, What the hell is the matter with you? And she was like, Someone's already wiped his memory. He's already been to Mars. He won't shut up about Mars. And he's just like, hey, he's like, no, that's just the program. Is that you dummy. He's just stuck in the yeah, program. Just- and she's like, it's not the program. And he's
1: like, well, what are you talking about? How do you know? And she's like, because we haven't implanted it yet. Ooh. And then everyone's silent
0: for a second. And it's a massive, oh shit moment. And they're like, well, go in, try to rewipe his memory, put him back to normal.
1: Get, him, get Recall out of his memory. We got to get him out of here. I'm refunding his money. Like, we are washing our hands Dumped of this. Dump his ass
0: in a cab,
1: and we've never heard of Douglas Quaid. We also got an amazing slap from her on Ernie.
0: Oh, yeah, because he's like, but Recall seems to be the only game in town because Ernie insists, like, if it wasn't us, and it wasn't us who did this, the only other people who have this technology... We're talking about the, the agency, agency ...which is the government the the agency.
1: He says that and the doctor lady just, she slaps him so hard. He literally
0: falls. Yeah. The clapping sound is so loud and it's awesome. And now here's where it gets fun. And the integral question of this movie, and I think how we're probably going to discuss this uh, as we go on, is the whole thing a memory or a dream that was implanted from recall or was everything reality? Why I had so much fun throughout this week I just love. I I do love ambiguity in movies, especially if it's done well. And I think this is done really well because each time when I was going through these scenes, I had the thing that in my head where I was like, I think it's this, but I played devil devil's advocate with myself, and it was very easy to rationalize either direction in almost every scene. And there's a few parts that I think stick out more for the other direction than the other, but on the whole, it was very easy to rationalize. I think almost every part for either uh, direction. Yes, I agree.
1: I think that. This movie does do it well, very well, uh, and it's fun. So, yes, I agree with you. The idea being, so Doug Quaid has gone to recall. He's asked them to give him the memories of being a secret agent. Mm -hmm. Is this story then him waking up, you know, as this agent? Is that part of what's what's happening here? Uh, Or is this something that's actually happening?
0: Well, first piece of evidence for me that this is reality is this scene that we just talked about where they are, holy shit, It's we haven't input the memories, wipe his memory and dump him. And the reason why is I just don't see a company, especially Recall. I know they probably like pride themselves on authenticity and whatnot, but they're not going to damage their brand in the sake of a story, right? So if it's a dream, from the moment he gets under, when he says Jamore, you'd have to assume that everything else that happens at that point is part of the memory that they've implanted. Which means the scene that they just watched that just unfolded, he is remembering and experiencing. It's that story that he has. And I don't think that they're going to – they're not going to create a story where they are part of the problem. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I, I wonder if he – I don't think he remembers that moment though. Well, he he wouldn't remember their conversation. They're, they're supposed to wipe it uh, in, in theme, in story. I guess that's – then where do you define the start? Because to me, because (laughs) if they wipe it. Yes,
1: I agree. I agree that the moment it should start is right around
0: when he says demure. Because, yeah, that's why I agree. But if they wipe it, unless there's cracks, but they don't really talk about that. They just talk about like wiping him and dumping dumping him in a cab, which means it's definitely not a dream because they would wipe that initial reaction out. It has to start as soon as he goes under, as soon as he's like, so I think this is one piece I think put that in the reality column for me, for me. I can be convinced. Yeah, otherwise. No, I'm with you. I can be convinced otherwise. I'm with so. you, and it, I mean it adds up uh, in ways that you see later. Yeah, and that'll that'll happen a lot, and I everything. After that scene, I'm, you could convince me either way. I just don't see a, a corporation like Recall fabricating a memory where they fuck up. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, I just don't yes. see that being part of the memory they supply. Yes. Unless some of it like automates itself or something like That's that. That's another interesting you know? question is how much is it their design or do they plant the seed and then Doug Quaid's subconscious grows it? Because uh,
1: at, at some point, it would be a lot of... They can only do so much and then he's going to have to interact with yeah. it. In order for it to be genuine. You're gonna have so to steer. Maybe his uh his mind and how he had in his head just as he's going under, you know, he had mem- or he had thoughts of potentially being lobotomized and things like that. All of that kind of goes into it. Maybe that colored his perception of recall as a company. Dreams and are weird. It, and it and it comes through in a weird way.
0: Dreams are weird. So but yeah, he wakes up and, he wakes up in a Johnny cab he wakes up in a johnny, johnny cab, cab driven by a robot he's confused he doesn't know where he is johnny cab is a robot it's just like hey man you just got my cab you told me to take you to the metro assume you were leaving work but he doesn't remember anything and said hey it's been a hell of a day but they get back to the metro station he gets out and his buddy harry's there waiting for him at the metro station runs yes into him. this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> what's he saying exactly do you got that line yeah hold on
1: um Oh, uh, I'm sorry. my I lost my place. I'm looking at my note where she slaps Ernie again. And, <laughs> I, and I, I have in caps, all caps, she says, shut up. And smack him. <laughs> I love that part. Um, oh, he says, how was your trip to Mars? <laughs> was, and Quaid's was like, Mars. what are you talking about? How <laughs> was Mars? Quaid doesn't know what he's talking about uh, because supposedly he's had that short memory bit of his mind wiped. He's like, come on, buddy. They walks him up the stairs at that same moment. A group of guys kind of grab him. So I, as I'm talking, I'm questioning myself instantly. And this is hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I'm, I'm going back to our last thought uh, and I hadn't quite considered it like this before. Could it be part of the the new thing, his new implanted secret agent reality mm-hmm. that there's now going to be other guys who know that he went to recall, but he doesn't know that he went to recall? Because for him, he can't be like, oh, I'm leaving recall to go on my thing. It's got to be not that. It can't involve recall.
0: Yeah, it could definitely be part of the dream. Because I I don't think a memory fabricated by recall would include the concept of recall. So it ha- you're right. It would have to start with him and just sort of, now of
1: these guys, he
0: sort of... Now these
1: guys are going to be like, hey, you went to recall. And he doesn't have a memory
0: of he that. He wouldn't have a memory of that. Even though it... Yeah. Even if none of this movie happened and he was just a successful client, I don't think... I don't think he would recall recall. Well, he might, because they would probably want to repeat customers if he was happy. But again, you can just I think you can justify it either way. So these guys
1: grab him as they're coming down, the ste- as he's going up the steps. And he is instantly, you
0: know, being taken away to be executed Fantastic by line. this group of like
1: total thugs. So
0: yeah, it's Harry and his goons. Yeah. They have him. They're swinging him around. And I love his delivery here. He's like, what? <laughs> so good. What the fuck did I do wrong? <laughs> You, you blabbed quade you blabbed about maz i don't know anything about maz <laughs> and he's like i don't know what you're talking about so
1: good all around so good uh, yes yeah, so you got yourself like, tied up you, with someone literally just ran into his buddy his buddy was out here waiting for him group of thugs grab him they take him to a corner and man ass kicking starts it's
0: <laughs> awesome i love the like when he's like <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I, am a, I have these skills that I wasn't aware I had these skills. And so I just totally beat the hell out of these guys, kick the gun away, kick this guy in the face. And this is the moment that I alluded to where I was like, oh, strap in, we're here. When he karate yes. chops this dude in the face. And his face explodes in blood, blood. everywhere. <laughs> You're instantly like, whoa, OK, this is the violence that we're going to we're gearing up for in this movie. Ultra
1: violence is definitely how you would describe this movie. Oh,
0: for sure. Uh, and shortly we get to a moment where it's like unbelievable. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Ultra, incredible. ultra violence is the way to describe it for
1: sure. He the, They pull the guns on him. They're holding him up and he is just too strong. He busts out of their grip. He kicks these guys. He kicks the gun away. Karate chops a dude's face off eventually he gets the gun and he blasts him. and there stands arnold covered in blood with five dead guys around so he shoots him shoots a
0: couple guys he gets gets one of their guns kills like two or th- like shoots two or three of them there's blood everywhere
1: there's blood all over the walls there's blood all over him uh and
0: you're like oh my gosh this guy knows how to kill people totally. is this i have a question for you we've talked a lot about the quality and caliber of the fight and all these movies, they just a hand to hand. I'm not talking action. I'm talking hand to hand combat. I think this movie has some of the best, if not the best. Absolutely. And wisely. So they brought back the stunt coordinators from predator who said they were making a different type of movie, but action movie, but they were like, we know what Arnold can do and not make it look silly. Yes. Um, Because, you know, he's not a martial artist. So if you try to make him too much of a martial artist, it's going to look silly. So you got to kind of choreograph moves that play to his strengths and stature. So they did they did a fantastic job. And
1: one of the documentaries I watched, um, Paul Verhoeven was talking about how he's, he's like, we have Arnold in this movie. That means that everyone wants to see him be amazing, yeah. and be a badass. Mm-hmm. And as he's doing this delivery, they're cutting to this exact action scene of him working over these five dudes. And he's like, this is what we... This is what you want. This is what we have him for. And that's just showing that he gets that's it. That's the ticket. Yeah. They understood it. That's why they people understood what they were doing. Yeah. That's why people buy a ticket. And they they delivered on it. I, this is almost a capital A Arnold moment for me. I think so. I think you could I I'm I, I think, th- think you could put I it, I it on there. I think it I think the only reason why I didn't like dive for it to definitely be one is cuz there's so many that are just unquestionable. Yeah, <laughs> some really great to come. There's so many to come. This one, this one actually should probably be on yeah. the list though, because it's awesome.
0: It rules. I love his look of disbelief, and so he loves that he goes home where Laurie is practicing tennis with a hologram, some kind of AR. Yeah, exactly. Which I tennis instruction, which I think probably exists these days. There's a number of things in this movie that are reasonably believable. <laughs> yeah, totally. stuff. He comes home frantic. She's like, "What's your deal?" And he I was being chased. And he's like, turning off all the lights. He's shutting all the blinds. He's frantic as hell. She's like, you're not being chased. You went to recall. Or yeah, he's like, I went to recall. Well, he's like, these guys jumped me. She's like, what guys? And he's like, they were asking me about Mars. She's like, Mars again? He's like, well, I went to recall at lunch. And she's like, God damn it. Why did you go to recall? Why didn't you tell me? Those guys fucked up your brain at Recall. So he does remember going to Recall but then just waking up in the cab. I don't know if he remembers it or they told him. Just what they said makes Harry's him Harry's like, "You went yeah. to Recall." So I think it was yeah. I think <laughs> you blabbed. <laughs> you blabbed. I think that was uh I think that's Oh, she says, "You went to those brain butchers. They fucked up your brain." And he's like, "If it's all just a you're having a paranoid delusion, and he's like, She's pissed at him totally, rightfully so. Because one, this procedure is probably dangerous, we didn't talk about it, two, it's expensive, so she has a right to be pissed. Uh, yes, <laughs> for the next 30 seconds, <laughs> and then, uh, um, yes, where I love, which like, You're having a paranoid delusion, and he's like, Is this it? and he's covered in blood, which is hilarious. Called this a delusion, she
1: holds up his hands. Covered in blood, but it's
0: hilarious because when he frantically came into the apartment, he's touching everything and there's no blood, just leaving blood
1: on everything you would you think. Would think he's definitely not, there. there's no
0: blood anywhere until he's like, Oh, yeah, well, my end's like there would be blood all over this apartment, but you know, clean as a whistle. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, shit. she's like, Yo, you need to go clean up. I'm gonna call a doctor, yeah, uh-huh, a doctor. So he goes to the bathroom, she calls a
1: and he's he's with yep. it, like he's. Yeah, he's like, all right, he goes into the bathroom and she turns around, flips on a screen to call a doctor, and we see the face of one Michael Ironside. The great
0: Michael Ironside. He rules so much in this movie. He's awesome. It's so good. He's so awesome. It's great. One of the better villains, man. I was just like, I love this guy. So I guess for a hot second, you think he's maybe the doctor, but they just, because they don't say anything, they just kind of look at each they other. Don't say and it's just kind of like an implied whatever. So he cleans up, comes out of the bathroom. There's gunfire at him. He's being attacked. Yes. This person should
1: definitely have hit him.
0: Oh, for sure. Dead to rights, him walking out <laughs> yes. of the bathroom. It should be your easiest. It should have been toast Your here. easiest kill of the night.
1: <laughs> he reacts very quickly, though. Dives out of the way and gunfire still happening. He kind of scrambles in the direction of
0: it. And uh, we find that uh, is Lori. Lori's the assailant and they get into a fight. Lori's got some moves, man. she uh Yeah, she works them Sharon over. Sharon Stone uh, put in some work and actually learned some uh some good technique here. She kicks his ass a she bit. K- like she kicks him, she knocks him around. And one and- of many instances of hitting him in the dick. Like there are so many yep. dick hits in this man. she, she yep, I yep. think in this fight there's two alone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right about that. Uh uh, which I don't know if that would hurt worse or getting sliced across the chest with a kitchen I mean, knife. Yeah,
0: Eventually she grabs the kitchen knife, slices him. How does he eventually get the upper hand here? I think, he, I think, I just, think
1: he kind of just like grapples her and overpowers her, um, and holds her down. Um, subdues her. He gets the gun and puts it up to her, to her. Cheek yeah. And he, starts, he tells her to starts
0: talk to ask like, and she lays it out for him. Hey man, we haven't been married. I've known you for six weeks. The agency told me to come here, pretend to be your wife. She's like, I remember, he's like, I remember our wedding implanted memories. And then they're like, for a hot second, they're kind of like chill. I love that They're kind of chill with each other.
1: I I love that they're, they're both worn out from literally fist fighting each other. uh, And her like literally kung fuing him. And then they, they just sit on these like bar stools, taking a deep breath, getting some air in their lungs. Like the fight is over, right? Like he had won the fight. He's got the gun. And she's just sitting there he no one else needs to do anything and they're just like oh here we here we are <laughs> well it moves
0: quickly though, like, I don't, have, I don't have
1: much detail for you oh she does say sorry Quaid. your whole life is just a dream
0: that's rough man that would be a rough uh, rough fate to accept I do I did get a chuckle when um that's when she's like well you know you're the best assignment I ever had though I was super into you because you're, yeah. you're Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger uh and she asks one more one more for the road yeah you want one more for old time's sake and he does and
1: he's like he's like almost about to go for it
0: like well i guess you know he goes i didn't know you were that kinky and she's like well come to find out and it was all a distraction if you look and then he notices on the video camera behind them that michael ironside and the goons are all running in after him to which he says clever girl and this is clever girl was this on jurassic park's mind when they the infamous line hey i'm asking man there's a lot of movies i don't know that i saw in from this movie and whether it was an intentionally influenced or not there's just i was like oh that's from you know i've seen that in that movie Yeah, i think i'm yes. gonna choose to believe that total recall influenced influenced jurassic yeah. park um he decks her <laughs> yeah, he's just like <laughs> well He's like, way to go. Knocks her out. He just rocks her and then rolls out. He takes (laughs) off when Michael Ironside, as we come to find out his name is Richter, uh, they kind of cross paths down the stairwell. They miss each other, but he goes into the apartment and this other guy goes to check on her because she just got cold clocked by Arnold and would definitely be dead if Arnold punched (laughs) (laughs) her. She's kind of
1: already (laughs) sitting up a little bit and richter just yanks this dude off of her. kicks her out of the
0: way and he's like don't, don't touch her he, says. her he asks her you know he's like what does she know he doesn't remember anything and yeah she tells him he doesn't remember anything they start to track him with the like the number one crony guys got the, the oh the, this guy's the, the tracker device he's like all right let's go after him or whatever and that's when we get our first uh richter and Lori, sharon stone kiss it's uh you know how believable is that? Sorry. No, no disrespect to, no disrespect to Michael Ironside, but <laughs> I just don't, I don't see him with Sharon You don't Stone. see it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, man.
1: It's a weird thing to think that they have a relationship, but she was planted to be Ooh, I had
0: that. his wife. I had that in my notes later on when Cohagen and uh, eventually yeah, you, get, yeah, you yeah. get your first Cohagen and Richter scene, but super weird that this guy is the definition of a whip dog like the ultimate disrespect to have your boss take your wife and plant him (laughs) with another man's wife for and like what forever yeah for indefinite you know because he doesn't know he's not part of the plan so it's just right hey man that just it's crazy that is very
1: very odd uh plan but it's so so it's very odd to see him come up to her and kiss her yeah and that be like no,
0: like she, that she's cool with that. Like they're they yeah they're together, which means that they're together. But he had to you know understand that she had to play the part for a while. Yeah, that's super, the ultimate disrespect, director man. So Quaid has a head start. He's on his
1: way, but then they can track him. So they go to move after him. He's going for the subway, uh, and he crosses into the amazing X ray machine, so good. which somehow only highlights a skeleton and if they have a gun on them, nothing else can you see. <laughs> You can't see any of their clothing outlined. You couldn't see like a phone or a wallet or anything. It's if they have a gun, the gun will be highlighted in red and their bones. And that's yep, it. It rules. The alarm goes off. <laughs> and you see the skeleton look back and forth
0: either way with this gun in its waist looks great is it a great effect is it a catboy arnold moment when he ultimately dives through this thing
1: oh it's really cool it's really it is cool. very cool it is
0: super cool when he dives through the glass it's a very loud big <laughs> crash <laughs> and they per- they just continue to pursue him through um through this metro station and he recognizes through the, the 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 number one guy richter's number one guy recognizes through the tracker he's like he's on the escalator they these guys have been
1: willing to fire regardless already yeah they are they will kill him
0: at whatever cost totally so he's take. he's going up the escalator and they split up so now i don't this part i don't know i kind of lost my sense of place a little bit because they had split up
1: so uh they knew he was going into the subway and as richter and his glasses buddy are going down richter sends four guys up and he says you go up we're going down they know like the direction he's going. So that's what's happening. And then, yeah, they kind of chase him as he goes up this escalator. And there's a group of four guys at the top and the two of them coming up from the bottom.
0: Top guys take a shot and they kill the guy in front of Arnold, who then without hesitation grabs this dude and just makes him a human shield. It's insane. It's insane. And it's
1: insane. The amount of bullets that goes into this Human corpse. This is. And the amount of blood that comes flying out of it, and the size of the bullet holes on his body. This is peak. Peak of one of my terms, this dude gets
0: Swiss cheesed. Man, he-
1: <laughs> this guy gets there is no cheese left, there's like a few <laughs> strips of, and all the rest of it is just holes. Yeah. This guy, this is the ultimate Swiss cheese. We got Swiss cheese, pretty good Swiss cheese, and <laughs> red heat. This guy gets it times totally.
0: 10. <laughs> he is torn up. And after he's These already,
1: four dudes are blasting into this corpse, and Arnold is firing over this body shield's shoulder, and he takes, he takes out like
0: all he four takes of out them, all four. This guy is already torn up. Turns him around to <laughs> continue to use him as a human shield. While Richter and the other guy light him up some more, firing up some more until he just r-
1: lifts the body up in the air and tosses it down the it escalator the, onto it them. It reached
0: the point where it was so Swiss, and he just takes the <laughs> <laughs> it was so swift. He took just what was left and threw it at him, and they're like, Ugh, and they. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, that dude blown away. At least Arnold didn't grab him while he was still alive. He definitely had been killed before he used him as a. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, shield.
0: I think that's how you maintain hero status, because this otherwise- is a uh,
1: this moment was was great to hear Paul Verhoeven talking about how he uses violence in movies in some of the interviews, because he says he's like, I he, I have a. Much higher tolerance for violence than maybe <laughs> other people do. He's like, it's just a way that I can, you know, find a lot of satisfaction expressing myself uh, on screen in, in action scenes and violence. And of course, he's got a very thick accent. Oh yeah. Um. So his the way he describes it is good. And, uh, and then he says something along the lines of uh, reflecting on the movie. He was like, a lot of people they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't love the movie or they thought it was too violent because. You know that you kill like fifty or sixty people in this movie, and uh, and then he pauses for a second, and then he he goes, yeah, well, that's true, <laughs> and that's it. No. That's the only it. At least, he, about at least it.
0: he recognizes it. You know, whatever, dude.
1: Ultra violence. There's blood, like f- flying out of this guy's bullet wounds. Mm-hmm. He gets shot." One direction turned around, <laughs> fired so on more, so and then thrown down the escalator. And then and Quaid gets away. They still don't get him. Quaid gets a. S- they lost four guys, yep. killed
0: some innocent people, and he's still moving. Does a sweet jump uh, into the uh, the train, and he loses Vic- He loses Richter and the other guy. sees an ad for actually yeah. taking a spaceship to Mars instead of. It. And then the ad's like, "Don't use recall. That's dumb. Actually, go to Mars. It's way cooler. <laughs> don't do that." And he kind of like
1: smiles and laughs it off. Oh, we also get a really good howl of fury from Richter yeah, he's so when pissed. he loses him. Cause he uh he s- like smacks the window and dives into the subway. And that's when Richter, he's firing at him and he can't he can't do what Arnold mm-hmm. did, which is dive through a window to get onto the moving subway. And he just goes,
0: Rah! Yeah. It just, ro- just growls really loud. It's great. And I think Obviously, he's a bad guy and works for the enemy. And whatever, but you can understand he his hates rage, Quaid. And you can understand that hatred because if, yes. like I said, if your boss made your wife go live with this other dude and she had to sleep with him, like, you'd probably want to kill that guy. I think his rage is totally he justifiable or under- hates understandable. Him. And we
1: we go right into the next scene where he's explicit about it. I mean, you could see he was angry there, but as they're walking, him and his buddy. Who's very funny? I really liked his his buddy. They're walking to their car. The guy's basically like,
0: I forget how he says it. What does he say? Well, Rick uh, Richter goes, "I want that fucker dead." Yeah, yeah, yeah. To his response is, "Yeah, I don't blame you. I wouldn't want a guy like that porking my wife either."
1: <laughs> <laughs> something super vulgar. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's like bagging my old lady or something <laughs> like that. Or whatever. I mean, super vulgar. And then, and Richter pauses him. And he says, do "You think she liked it?"
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: <laughs> like this guy. And and, and then uh, his buddy, he 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 like makes like a real sarcastic like laughing face. And He says, "No, I'm sure she hated every minute of it."
0: <laughs> and then Have he you seen the, the car? Gods? He's huge.
1: <laughs> and and Richter's like, "Oh man," <laughs> and he gets in, and then Cohagen uh, calls them on the. On the car phone, the, the video screen, car screen, yeah, super as we call super
0: it. Super pissed. Like, what's with all the commotion? If I want... He's like, if I wanted him dead, I would have killed him already. Yeah, I knew I wouldn't have stashed him on earth if I... Would just, you know, and he's like, so you need to just capture him. And he's like, what is he... Lori says he doesn't remember anything. And he's like, well, now, but in an hour, he could have total recall.
1: I love the way that he delivered that line because it made it feel very sci-fi. Yeah. It's a very sci-fi sentence. Have
0: total recall, sir. And he's like, no, capture him. Reimplant him. We're just gonna wipe his memory and and get him back with the back to step one, and and Richter's. Like, like, what? No, I can't way. hear yeah, you. Sorry,
1: boss. I can't hear You're you. You're breaking up. I got a solar flare, and his buddy is in the back seat, cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's eating it up. He's like, sorry, boss. Can't hear you. Can't hear yep. you. And then he he's gonna go murder him, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And so then he says, I should have killed Quaid on Mars, and so that kind of tripped me up a little bit because I mean, we find out later. That Richter isn't in on the the ultimate plan. So it makes sense that he calls him Quaid. But I just was thinking more like, why would he kill him, right? You would assume that he was sent to monitor him, right? You would think, right? Like if- On Earth? Yeah, right? Like his whole purpose is just to monitor him. And now they're pursuing him because he went nuts or whatever. Why would he want wanted to kill him on Mars?
1: Uh, I I don't know. That's a good question. It does trip me up too. Maybe because when he found out the plan or something like that, you know, maybe
0: he had a chance when. As I was thinking about it, my thought was when I was trying to like think of my evidence and stuff like that. I was thinking, well, if it's if it's a dream, right? It's a recall planted the seed. Quaid is on now growing that seed and making these events based on. All sorts of influences from his life, his memories, his own subconscious, his own consciousness or whatever. So he's creating the tapestry that we're being weaved. At this point, mm-hmm. yes. he hasn't heard any other name than Quaid. So my no. thought was, is he's painting, he's writing the story of these bad guys. So the name hasn't come to him, the, the next name, Hauser, whatever, yeah. Hauser. So that was my thought. I like that take. I got real like tinfoil hat. I like with that it. take. No, yeah. So that was like That's one good. for an evidence of like, but then- That falls falls apart a little bit at the end because you find out that Richter wasn't in on the master plan, which we'll 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 discuss later. But at when you're watching it, this is this is just you can kind of like peel all these layers back and think of any you know a number of different things that it's just it's just fun. It just makes this movie fun.
1: It's there like all all the way through. Yes, I agree. Um, I like that take. I hadn't thought of that take.
0: Uh, he goes to a motel room though. Uh, Quay gets away. He goes to a motel room while he's, yeah, this was like kind of abrupt. He's like walking down the street and then he's looking
1: around and he sees a sign that says hotel and he just goes in and gets to a hotel room.
0: Yep. Instantly gets a phone call from some guy and he's like, Hey man, I'm your buddy from the agency. He's like, what?
1: <laughs> he's like, <laughs> this, this stuff is weird. He here. goes quick.
0: He's like, Hey, you said you're going to disappear. And if you disappeared, I needed to find you and give you this suitcase. I give you this briefcase. Look out yeah. your window. It's me. Oh yeah. By the way, you got a bug in your brain. I need you to go put a wet towel around your head. That'll help scramble the symbol or signal.
1: And he's like, all right, cool. Great. He does that. He does that. He looks great. Yep. Puts a wet towel on his head and the <laughs> the guys lose the, the direction and they're pissed about it.
0: And the whole time, he's, yeah, they can't track him all that well. But the whole time he's like, wait, tell me more. And this other guy on the phone's like, nope, deuces. I'm going to leave your thing right here next to this payphone. Come and get it. And he rolls out. <laughs> you never see this guy again. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> It's an amazing he spends, scene. He spends all of 25 seconds in this movie. This old woman tries to steal the suitcase. It was there for... She's amazing. I do like when old ladies <laughs> curse in movies. It's like a instant scratch my funny, oh, funny yeah. bone thing.
1: Yeah. The best The best movie we've seen that in is Running Man so far. I forgot about that, but yeah, so good. <laughs> but yes, she has some good good moments here. He comes down and he's like, this woman's taking his briefcase. I just imagine this... What? Who is this woman who is sees a briefcase that no one is around and she's instantly like oh i'm taking <laughs> that's that. mine it's like i'm <laughs> taking that i'm grabbing this briefcase she grabs it and he comes down and he's pulling it out of her hands and she's like get your own luggage uh and he literally wrests it from her and he's like not rude but he's he's like this is mine uh and he's like i'm, I'm taking it he he doesn't like fight her or anything mm-hmm. And then, as he runs away, she shouts. She goes, "Fuck you, asshole!" And he does like a bow. <laughs> think so, so I, she says. <laughs> so I hoped that this was almost like an Arnold callback to Ar- to an Arnold line. I think it's con- Terminator. Oh, yeah, her. you're probably right. But she does but say, "Fuck she, you, you asshole!" Right? That's exactly, yeah. and that, and I was like, "Oh man." What if she You gotta get it right, lady, if you're gonna do <laughs> You gotta get it right, lady. Come on, if you're gonna if you're gonna quote Terminator and uh when does uh Commando he says it in Commando, I think. To uh Oh yeah, Mac, yeah, Mac, not Mac. yeah, he's like <laughs>
0: <"Fuck."> No. <laughs> oh, yeah, geez I said to Bill, to Bill Duke, yeah, or cook, cook. Our
1: brain, our brains are just a mess Dude, of Schwarzenegger. Movies. I know. I had
0: a thought today. I was, I was like, my brain is just broken. All, I, all these Arnold movies, man, it's just an Arnold mush in my head. That's all that's left.
1: Giant Arnold mush. <laughs> we won't even call uh, Bill Duke by his name. Nope. He's just Mac. He's just Mac. Always Mac. <laughs> yeah. So she screams after him. He runs away. He's got the suitcase now, and now they're having trouble finding him. Right? Only not because he walks into the middle of the street. <laughs> There's a car pulling part, up in the middle of the street and he like leans in well, to he leans like, in. look at who's driving
0: drive. He's literally, the only source of disguise he has is a towel around his head. <laughs> and they drive up and they're like, hey, that guy looks a little funny. Like, it's obviously him.
1: <laughs> they both like go so slow and like lean in to look at each other. And then he's like, oh shit. And he runs away. It's obviously uh, and him. They're...
0: He's huge. Like it's someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You don't just forget. Oh, and, okay. He's got a simple like basically a bandana around his head. He's not that, like,
1: disguised. They pop out of the car and start instantly firing at him. If that old woman was in the line of fire, she would be going down and they do not care about it. Man,
0: we we just go from one chase to one gunfight to another chase. It's nonstop. Breakneck Nonstop. Based. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, they, that's pretty much it, right? Oh, he, he, steals, he gets into a Johnny that's right. cab. He gets into the Johnny cab and he's like... Which is hilarious. It's great. Because <laughs> he's yelling at this thing and it doesn't understand him. And all I could think of is if you've ever had, like tried to use Siri or Alexa and it's like not doing the thing you want to do and it's super frustrating. That was what I had thought during this. And he's like, he's like, drive. And it's like, where do you want me to go? And he was just like, just drive. I and it's like, I don't no. know
1: that address, sir. <laughs> so he rips the Johnny out of the Johnny cab and grabs the little joystick that that's up there for its steering system. And he starts just driving it off yep. and he gets, away. he gets away. The guys don't, uh, they're once again left without
0: him yeah, and they're just staring out after him. And uh, more humor from the Johnny cab. Cause he escapes. He ends up at a construction site basically. And as he gets out, I loved this. Oh, it's awesome. The Johnny Cab is like, hey, man, that's 10 bucks. That's your fare. And he's like, I don't have that money. And he's like, he freaks out a well, little does, bit. Doesn't he say? No, he says, uh, <laughs> he says, uh, yeah, that'll be whatever.
1: 10 bucks, whatever he says. And, and he goes, sue me, dickhead. Yeah, said, sue me, dickhead. <laughs> and then
0: apparently the Johnny Cabs have like a kill mode.
1: Cause Dude, it, goes, it goes like, <laughs> <laughs> it drives, tries to run him over. Yeah,
0: and it, he's like, oh shit. And it just crashes into a wall and it explodes. I wonder if Johnny Cabs murder people that That's my, don't pay their fees. That fears. was my thought. Like, that, this Johnny Cab company has programmed their cabs to just murder people <laughs> who don't pay their fare. If fear. someone
1: tries to freeload a ride, run him yep, over. Just killed this Either guy. that or it was... Pissed whenever he said the insult, and it was like it's it's hilarious because like the thing glows from the inside and it like it makes this like calling sound.
0: Oh man, it's so, so funny! I, yeah, I got so funny. Great laugh at that for sure. I just picturing a cab company just murdering people who don't
1: <laughs> just. Be, that's that's where we're headed, man. Yeah. That's where capitalism is yeah, taking. Definitely us. don't pay your fat
0: like because everything is all
1: capitalism and self-driving cars are taking us to. If you don't pay your taxi cab. Uh Elon Musk will have it run Yes,
0: absolutely. I'm 100%. I absolutely. <laughs> he will just have you killed. So <laughs> oh, So man. he gets
1: up finally. He's got the briefcase. He opens it up and uh he's got a bunch of gear in there. A bunch of neat little gizmos and gadgets.
0: Yep. He's checking them all out. He's eating some food. There's he's got a gun, adapts a he finds a ton of cash. Uh, a of pulls out this uh one it's like a like a, a wristband of some sort and it turns out to be a hologram the hologram fucking rules dude it's so good rules so hard you don't see it again for a long time but but it's a, it's it this movie one of the
1: coolest things they do but this, it's this movie's chekhov's gun and it oh, it's, it's perfect it's awesome it rules and it freaks him out because he didn't know what was yeah, going on um, but he figured out what it is that it projects a hologram of himself
0: elsewhere loved it and then we get the uh video of himself uh where we meet hauser and you know, we talked about what terminator meant this is some great exposition it fits this movie perfect it's just yes. it's bringing you the info you need in a fashion that's fun to watch howdy stranger this is
1: hauser if things have gone wrong i'm talking to myself and you've got a wet towel wrapped around the head and whatever your name is get ready for the big surprise you are not you. You're me.
0: No shit. So here's here's my question. Sure, hit me.
1: Is Quaid a different person that they put into this body, or is Quaid a new person that they've made in this body, and so therefore kind of an extension of Hauser?
0: The influences of how the two identities look, exist in this body was something I thought a lot about in term, because of a lot of my way I rationalize, like if this was real and explain a few things relies on some of the old Hauser identity remaining. Yeah, so I agree. I think, and then a lot of, in my opinion, what happens later is he then makes a choice. Of which identity I, yes. he wants to stick with. Yes, there's like a there's a I, point that's, where it's a choice. This
1: is my same take with it. Yes, so which and I love the way that it goes. Yeah, I sure. love
0: that it, it goes. I have a few way. notes on that for sure. There's like moments where I was like, "That's the moment when he decides."
1: I the one thing that I was tripping up a little bit on was is Qu- was Quaid at some point another human being living that kind oh. of life, and then like they just put that. Person's memories in Arnold's body, or was it something that they had kind of created? And made to be that identity. Like, they created that identity to keep him where he was.
0: I think it's all built from scratch. I don't think yeah. they stole someone's identity. I think they created a new person
1: altogether. That's the take that I want to go with. And that's kind of what I was was feeling. But uh, yeah, okay. So, also anyway.
0: because, I mean, with everything that Lori says, like, oh, all your memories, are, your whole life has been implanted. All manufactured, yeah. I, and I, yeah. later on, they mention during the big plan reveal... I know we're all over that supposedly the planning for the master plan, which we will cover is um, took a year. So you would assume that in that year they had to make a person.
1: There's several of these. Let's reveal the whole story to you (laughs) uh, moments. this is one of them. This
0: One right here, yeah. I mean, this
1: is one of it, but <laughs> and we kind of are also got one, uh, with Sharon Stone's character, alert. yeah. But I
0: mean, this is how you discuss this movie that, like, yeah, the entire no, yeah, discussion totally. of this movie is is it a dream or reality? So, the only way you can have that discussion is if you spoil yes. it. So, and I can't imagine anyone listening we, to this hasn't, you know, already seen it. Listen,
1: <laughs> if you haven't seen Total Recall, watch it watch it Oh, do yourself
0: a favor it rules you have to but uh <laughs> yeah so great exposition we're, we're getting some intercuts here because the the goons start to show up they get like a, yeah because i think that doesn't that other guy say like hey it'll scramble the single like buy you time but they can still probably yeah. find your like so they, they know the general direction he's in i think yeah and uh
1: he's directed by hauser on how to get this tracker out of his dome oh, another scene that is so unsettling dude it's nasty. Uh I've taken a lot of
0: self-COVID tests. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: That's where my brain went I didn't even... shoving swabs up my nose. Oh man, I
0: did one two two weeks ago and I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right. I have to take one every week now. But he uh it's like a gun looking thing,
1: and it this little thing goes out of the tip and then it whoosh, opens up into a little
0: claw. Oh man. He says, shove it up there. It's self-guiding. <laughs> It's self-guided. Don't worry. They, it's self-guided. And I love that he's like, just push really hard when it crunches. That's when you know that it's going to be, you know, uh, you, you'll, be, you'll be good.
1: So he shoves this thing up his nose and then he's making some Arnold noises again. Oh, totally. And you hear it kind of crunch and then he's pulling it out. You definitely... Is this a prosthetic or, or, or is
0: it a puppet or something? The whole, it's a whole Arnold puppet. Okay. And it makes total sense when you figure out who the special effects artist was. Did you, did you look that up? Cause I had to look it up. Yes. The man behind the thing. And it makes, I just watched the thing around Halloween. Cause that movie is amazing. The special effects and the thing are top tier. And it just, when you see that, you're like, yes. oh, okay, that makes total sense. And
1: When you, if you've seen the thing then when we're talking about things like special effects and, and character or like creations and makeup design and, mm-hmm. and things like that, prosthetics, whatever you get it. This guy was a master. This thing comes out the end of his nose. It looks like it's bulging out of his face. Ugh,
0: so unsettling. and so. And he finally rips it out. And in the ball, there's like this big ball. It's like the size of a like a big marble or a, you know, like <laughs> like a, a golf ball size. Yeah, almost. It's huge to come out of someone's nose. Reveals like a little tracker. He throws the tracker down or he puts it in the chocolate he's eating. Right. And he gives it to the yeah, rats, gives it to the
1: rats. And then uh, Hauser tells him, hey, you're going to go to this hotel on Mars
0: show them this badge and you'll get the next clue there. And He says here's the deal like we used to do Hauser's dirty work and then Cohagen's dirty work. Oh uh, yes, sorry. How I'm Hauser, we used to do Cohagen's dirty work and then I met someone and she showed me the truth and how horrible he is and I have enough intel here that will really fuck up his operation for good, but they've removed it from my brain. They've they've wiped my, you know, they wiped it from my brain so but here's how we're going to get it back.
1: Yep. Yeah. This is the plan. Go to this
0: place with this badge, and you'll get the next direction yeah. from there. And this is put put it in the dream column for me here, because if this really happened, right, like this was a reality, if Hauser knew something that was that damaging, Cohagen's just having him killed. There's no, he's he's his literal buddy though. It doesn't matter. How's the way he talks about it later. Yeah, but Cohagen doesn't care. Like if he's a he's a tyrant and the the only thing and he makes it very abundantly clear that like he just wants the turbidium to flow and that's the only All thing. right,
1: all right. Let me let me throw something else at all you. Happy. What if let's go back to Red Sonia. What <laughs> if cohagen has got a thing for Hauser the way that Gedren had a thing for Red Sonia?
0: And this would be a much worse movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, because Kohagen is like, seriously does not want him killed. And he and right. there's well, he does several, it. several different points where he's just like, I just want my friend back. Like he literally says it in those terms. Well, he
0: doesn't want him, he doesn't want him killed because in the scope of his plan, he doesn't want him killed. What I'm saying is, is like, that's why the character of Kohagen that we see doesn't want him killed because he needs to be alive to eventually execute the master plan. I'm talking that, like, right. if the character of Hauser had damaging intel to him, he's just having him killed. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I think this is more of a dream. So gotcha. put, put this in the, the dream column. But I have plenty of other, other moments for reality. That's You know, so I I, I really tried to, I tried to think about this.
1: I think that between this and the uh, convenience of the briefcase thing, just so flippant. It's <laughs> like, it's, this is just planted here to keep the story moving totally <laughs> uh but it, it all works for me uh and uh oh the, the the guys have arrived now they're seeing the tracker they're seeing that he should be here oh he quickly runs to the side they all fire their weapons oh yeah it's not there they don't get him oh it quickly runs to the other side they fire in that direction that's because
0: a rat ate the thing eventually they realize what had happened and they shoot up this briefcase like he had tried to uh, like quaid had tried to damage the briefcase he didn't do a very good job. He only like sort of damaged it.
1: Yeah. So it's got a flickering screen with his face on it. And
0: it's stuck in the loop of just get your ass to Mars. Get your <laughs> ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> and uh, so it's just repeating that. So obviously, you know, he's heading to Mars and. Uh, and Richter's pissed. Dude, and he, he executes the rat. He executes the rat, man. Tons of and bl- blood. F- blood shoots all over the screen. A lot of blood for a little rat. Uh, th- there's like huge, <laughs> much glo- more
1: blood than this rat has in his body. For this thing, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: Uh,
1: Paul Verhoeven's rats have a lot of blood in them. All right. So in my notes, on occasion here, I have uh, a spot where it says. Deep breath. <laughs> I have a few of those for this movie. Uh, this is one of them because uh, there's a lot to, to deal with here. It's hard to say which m- moment of this movie is the most iconic moment. This is up there. So we, he's arrived on Mars. We have arrived on Mars. You see a ship land on Mars. We see the views of the red planet, extremely red planet. And he is in disguise. As a middle-aged, plus-sized woman, she crushes it. This actress crushes it. She has an ID. She hands it to the security guard. He checks on it, uh, and everything is
0: looking okay so far. Behind her, apparently on the same ship, <laughs> is... Like, I, I did get a Like, how are they, like, on the same exact, like, <laughs> They're on the same ship. Richter and uh, his buddy,
1: and they're all... uh Yeah, I don't know if they assumed that... Arnold had gotten there before and they're like catching up or what they know he's going to Mars, I guess. So they're, that they come on the same exact ship. She gets off first. Yeah. she. He's, they're going through security. Richter's coming up and you get some banter from them about kind of the state of the, of Mars, what's going on. There's a big, uh, uh graffitied thing. I think it says Cuato lives or something like that. Or
0: so, uh, and people are pissed about it and, Oh, these rebels. No, this is when you start to get some of the vitriol. This is when they're like fucking mutants and they're like, they're getting real like, you know, because this movie does dabble in like colonialism and classism and racism and that sort of stuff. And they, oh, dabble. <laughs> they, uh, you know, and this is where they start to introduce that. And they're really, they're really yeah. going hard on that. Which you didn't know before. All you knew before was rebels on Mars. Yeah. This is the first introduction of the word mutant or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, apparently this costume is capable of only maintaining cover if the answer to any question only involves the words two two weeks. weeks. (laughs) She says it like a normal person, though. (laughs) So the guy says, how long are you staying? And she says, two weeks, like very polite, big smile, very kind, two weeks, a further question is like, did you bring any like it was like did yeah. you bring like fruits and you know, vegetables customs. with you or yeah. something like that? It's a very bizarre question to ask. And she responds, <laughs> Two weeks. Again, very polite and kind. And then he's like, What the fuck? <laughs> like he looks right at her. <laughs> like instantly, like, what is uh... going on here? Because <laughs> it's such a weird response. And then her face, absolute sheer something- panic. In her eyes. Something. That, and she just know, keeps just sh-
0: repeating. Short circuits or what. <laughs> But she, two weeks, two weeks, but she starts freaking out. And this woman just she's killing it, man. She's grabbing she's her face. Grabbing it's, her so face. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncanny valley. It's it's causing a scene, right?
1: So like now everyone's looking in Richter who had gone up ahead and past them. He turns around and he sees this commotion happening with this woman freaking out and just screaming two weeks, two weeks and pulling at her mouth, like tugging at the side of her lip uh like she's trying to rip her face off is literally what it looks like
0: and then richter recognizes that it he's like that's quaid arrest her that's quaid
1: she she like turns a dial on her ear or something like and then like the hair falls off and the face splits in the middle and then each section of the head separates off like Another Arnold puppet splits open. There's another Arnold puppet underneath it. All of these things look great, by the way. Like you can tell that it is not him, but it's awesome. It looks awesome. And uh, it quick, quickly cuts the head that lifted off of his head. It closes back up to this woman's head. And then it's Arnold holding this head and he tosses the head. And what does he say? He just says like, surprise. No, oh. he he tosses the head. He says, "Catch!" I like that. This and then uh, they just start opening. Fire. And then the head explodes, though. Yes, the head explodes. Uh, I forget what. it. Oh, it says surprise. The head says surprise.
0: He's got this uh, sophisticated suit where the head can explode. Pretty ballsy man getting into a costume where the helmet that you're wearing could could literally explode. The head has a bomb. You're doing <laughs> you're doing interstellar interstellar yeah. travel, man. Woo. This bomb could go off at any minute, and th- that's a wrap
1: on you. Hey, he's, he's willing to go all out for the mission here. Yeah, he t- he tosses the head. He says, catch. Some some officer grabs it, and he looks down at it. And the, <laughs> there's the woman's head, and she says, surprise, and
0: explodes. Definitely killing people, by the way. For sure. And betw- between all the guns and the exploding head, it causes a window to crack. So the vacuum of space is happening. And you get some great shots of everyone like dangling from the... Rails, are all holding on to dear life. But a few of these crony soldiers, man, get sucked out. They're gone. R.I.P. They are.
1: They're. T- they're
0: gone. And that's one thing that I do appreciate about this
1: movie is if you're going to fire bullets in crowded areas, innocent people are going to be harmed.
0: That happens. Yes. And there will be consequences. There will and, be consequences. And environmental damage. <laughs> yes.
1: are things that happen. People are getting sucked out into the uh, onto the surface of Mars where they w- their eyes will explode and yes. they will die. Arnold uh, kind of pulls himself over to this thing. And one of the actually, I think it's the original security guard who was questioning the woman. He hits a switch to seal the doors. Doors start sealing all over the place. Arnold is able to slip underneath one at just the right moment. And then it closes. And uh, Richter is furious. He comes up to the door. He's like screaming open the door. He's got his gun out. Like he's like threatening these guys almost with
0: his intensity. Open the well, door. Kinda, and I kind of wish this general guy was in it a little bit more. Yeah, because he's he intense. A, he could have been a good folly for uh, to for I, Richter. I don't think
1: that Richter is ever, sh- I mean, he, he's not incompetent and he's very intense, but he definitely always gets, he always gets the butt of the interaction, which is a little bit tired. Uh, by the end. And this is just another moment of him like, how many times at this point in the movie has he got been within like firing distance of this person and he's gotten away and there's nothing he can do about it. He just stares at watching him get away. And so this, this is another time. This is at least the third
0: time that it's happened. Maybe the fourth you but could argue that that is more evidence of this being a dream from recall. Mm, because if for some reason, to, they just can't seem to get him. Because if you're purchasing the experience, you're always going to slip away from at your At the last pursuing. moment,
1: absolutely. 100%. I percent not consider that until you led me there right now. 100%. Well, I mean, like, dude, like it happened at the, um, you know, when he jumps into the subway, it happened when he got away with the briefcase with the towel on his head, and it happened when and they it, shot the rat. And, and then right not, here, he slips just under the door and Richter is pissed. He's like, open the door. And this general dude is like, we're not opening the door. And he's like, open it now. And he literally, he has his gun out. Like he is like, yeah, gonna. He, and, he's out for, he, hate, as you said, he hates Quaid so yeah. much. And his intensity is very, you can very much feel his intensity.
0: And the general is basically like, dude, I can't open these doors because they're basically emergency doors that sealed the broken window. To like he's stop like, the vac- he's like, they're all connected.
1: He's like, if I open these doors, we're all gonna get sucked out again, and people are gonna die. It's not happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not opening these doors, bro. <laughs> Quaid escapes on the train, and some just a. Uh, uh, I love these little um, minor interactions of the people on the the train. Oh, so good. Number one, Mars looks amazing. It looks so good. All this miniature work, all the matte paintings, I'm here for it. It works so well for me. Um, but the one piece that I really liked is the the woman and the man kind of behind him just yes. talking. And the woman's like, oh man, Cohagen raised the price of air again, which is just a perfect uh, insane sentence, satirical sentence, but it just... Number one, it shows just how pure evil this guy is. But I also thought, like, it'd almost be like if you were, like, the CEO of a pharmaceutical company and you decided to charge, like, $600 for insulin, you know, Mm. like a a medicine, a a thing that people need to literally survive. Like, how evil would that be? So, Cohagen is just Martin Shkreli. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of, uh, (laughs) with more power, thankfully. I mean, God, can you imagine Martin Shkreli with this kind of power? Kind of made me, uh,
1: on the one hand, it made me understand what was happening a little bit more. It also made me just feel real down <laughs> about totally. that comparison. Whoa. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh Yeah, exactly. Totally. So it's as ridiculous as it sounds, he raises the price of air. <laughs> That's part yeah. of what we deal with here uh, totally. in, in a weird way. Uh, but yeah, that line is good. And then uh, Arnold is like, he peeks over, he sees this big mountain peak behind him and he says, hey, what's that? And this dude with a big old beard, he's like, oh, you're talking about the pyramid mines? Pyramid mine, whatever. Which were mentioned very early when yes. he was watching the news in the beginning. That was the f- that was where the riots were happening or the, yeah. the terrorist attack was happening. He's like, that's where I used to work until they found all that alien shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> alien stuff? He's like, that's not real. And he's like, oh, you think so, huh? And that's the end of that. And yeah. then again, the train drives through a tunnel the camera pans up to a view of the landscape of mars and did you um hear about them basically telling paul verhoven the the red is not going to work on vhs too much red no i missed that no they were like the red is too intense it's not going to work on like regular tvs on vhs ones that the movie gets out into the world is going to look bad. And he said, I don't care about that at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Creative integrity. He was
1: like, I want this thing to look perfect on theaters, on the big screen. When it comes out, I could not care about the VHS
0: release in the slightest, which is huge because, you know, for some context, you know, physical media, I I obviously still pine for it, but not really a thing anymore. But in the nineties, especially 1990. So it made up revenue huge deal. It was like half of their, what they were aiming for. Cause it was such a big deal because people may not know, but when VHSs first started, they were insanely expensive. They were like a hundred bucks. That's why movie radio rental stores are so huge. And when they finally, I think twins was one of the first ones, actually it was right around this time where they aimed for top gun was part of this too. I believe mm. I hope I'm not totally wrong. But the idea was like, Hey, drop the price, but we'll sell way more of them Bonk, so when they are gonna sell bonkers VHSs. so when they finally dropped them to like 20 to 25 bucks people were like fuck yeah like i'm gonna buy this so then a few years after that 1990 when this comes out selling like hotcakes so yeah if, you know making your movie look quote-unquote good for vhs there would have been some pressure there definitely from the studios he wasn't having it he wanted a yeah. red ass mars <laughs> and he made it <laughs> And cheers to him because I'm sitting here 31 years later with the 4K Blu-ray and Loving it looks it. fucking sick. It looks
1: sick. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> That's so good. Uh, so Richter finally gets to have a meet-up with Cohagen,
0: and this is—I had already mentioned it, so I won't go too deep. But this is when it totally solidifies, just like what a whip dog
1: he is. He He's walks great. in the room with like this, like kind of like little grin on his face or something, or like, he's like thinking he's going to see his buddy or something. He's like, Hey, I'm here. You want to see me? And like, Cohagen
0: doesn't even move. Constantly seeking this guy's approval. And he he hits him with, you know why I'm a happy guy? I'm a happy guy. Cause as long as the turbidium flows, I can do whatever I want. And the turbidium isn't flowing because of these rebels and you're fucking up my plans with Quaid and And he says something like, well, I was just thinking that he's like, I don't pay you to think or who told you to think? Mm -hmm. And he just tears him down, tears him to pieces just. And my first go through, I'm just thinking like, man, this dude, he wants his boss's approval so bad stomach. The fact that his boss was like, hey, your wife is going to (laughs) go pretend to be this other guy's wife and you're just going to have to watch it. And I'm going to put you in at earth just to monitor this whole situation. So you're just going to have to watch it. Yeah. And this guy went through with it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yes, it's crazy. So you can understand his rage.
1: For sure. (laughs) We get some good (laughs) info from this conversation, though, because he kind of describes what is taking place. He says, we know that Quaid has information in his head. Quato wants to get this information. He could be able to because he's a psychic. So even though they've erased his memory Mm -hmm. so that Quaid doesn't remember it, kuato may be able to extract that information from his mind so i mean that that's adds to the understanding
0: of the story right there yeah like why he's so valuable and it's adding to more to that and he says hey i need you to play along can you do that he says yeah i can he gets all excited again yep yep and kohagan's like good because if you don't i'm gonna wipe your memory bro and (laughs) Is <laughs> instantly just like, Ooh. this guy doesn't even, he gives him
1: no, nothing. He gives him no favorable side of this conversation at all. He's like, can you Not play along? He's like, yeah, totally, buddy. He's like, good. He needs, Cohagen needs someone to to whip around and that's, that's Richter. So yeah, Ar- yeah, go on.
0: Arnold arrives at the nice part of town, I guess. Well, I think it was, yeah, you're right. Cause he's going to the Hilton. I think that's yeah. the idea is he, he goes to the Hilton. He goes to the Hilton like he was instructed by Hauser Goes in, presents the ID to the bellhop. And he says, oh, so good to see you again, Mr. Brewbaker, I think it was, or whatever. Do you want your same p- room? He's like, yeah, I'll take my same room. He goes, oh, you also have a safety deposit box with us. And he says, all right, great. So they get the, in the safety deposit box, all it is is one lone poster. And it just says, ask for Molina. And it's a poster for this bar called The Last Stand. It's basic,
1: it looks like a strip club
0: yeah. poster
1: or advertising yeah,
0: promotional ad. On the back side of it. The last resort. Yeah. I thought this was cool, like a, just like a cool little detail where he, he writes because on the back it says ask for Melina and he writes the name Melina again to make sure the handwriting matches. And it does. And it matches like I thought that was kind of neat. I, I definitely like that. Liked that. And it's that's all you know, they didn't need to like they didn't need to
1: tell you that's what he was doing. He just did it and then moved on. You saw that it yeah. matched. I liked the um, indifference that he has for this uh, host. Uh, receptionist or whatever, observing him doing any of this. He doesn't care at all. First of all, he doesn't really understand that he needs to use the fingerprint identification to unlock right. the safety deposit box. So he's a little late on the pickup on that. Then he does it. And then um he opens the thing and it's a strip club advertisement that he's just staring <laughs> at in front of this guy. And then he turns it over and he's got like a little message written on it. And he asks the guy, do you have a pen? And the guy hands him a pen. He can clearly see everything that he's doing. And the guy has Arnold has a paper in front of him that says, ask for Melina. He takes the pen, writes Melina underneath it. Same exact handwriting, hands the pen back and leaves. And the guy watched him do the whole thing. And then he walks off and the guy's just staring after him like, what the (laughs) hell is going on here? There's a weird guy here. This guy's (laughs) weird. Yeah, but when he leaves, we meet Benny, though. Benny's a fun time. Benny rules. Benny's great. He's so good. (laughs) Two thumbs up for Benny. Yeah, Benny's great. Uh, And he's... A performance to be proud of.
0: For sure. He was brought... So Arnold was taken, Quaid was taken to the motel or to the hotel by a different cab driver. But Benny is an opportunistic cab driver, swoops in and he's like, hey man, I can, you know, come ride with me. I got five kids to feed. So I could really use your fare. Instantly takes a shine to him. Yeah. Quades into Benny. Benny's like, "Oh, this guy's great. Cool. I'll hang out with you." They, get they go in the to cab. kick off. Oh yeah, yeah. And I like Benny so cool. All of a sudden, like gunfire breaks out. He, but he's not phased. He's just kind of like ducking behind the cab. And he's like, "Get in the cab." And he's like, "What is all this?" He goes, "Welcome to Mars, man. This yep. is Mars. These are all the rebels. This stuff happens all the time." Yeah. <laughs> you know, get in the car. And let's go.
1: Yep. Benny lives on this lives lives that life. Benny
0: knows what it's like. He Mars is what it's is, like, and Mars both- is not great.
1: Have, they have a really good conversation here where Arnold or Quaid's character kind of talks to get, get kind of the scoop of what it's like on Mars from him. He's, he asks him, uh, what does he say? He like asks him about what's going on on Mars, life on Mars. What are the rebels up to? What do they want? And Benny's asking him about himself. What are you doing here? And then he says, where are we going? We're
0: going to the last resort. And Benny says, oh, you're getting off to an early start. <laughs> <laughs> when Benny's having that conversation, I like when he's like, what do they want? He's like, the same thing everyone wants, more air, more freedom or yeah. whatever. You know, I thought that was cool. Yes. I like that for sure.
1: Yeah. He, they definitely have this moment of like Quaid is talking to him and he's like, wait, what is, what's Mars like?
0: Benny's yeah. the guy to ask about what Mars is really like, and he tells them, gives them all the facts before they arrive at Venusville. And Venusville rules; it's the, <laughs> it's kind of the red light district of Mars, but it's awesome. <laughs> Venusville. And I like that they call it Venusville for some reason. I think it's great. And Benny kind of takes them nearby, and they're walking the streets a little bit. You're seeing some of the various shops and bars and all that sort of stuff. And it's a gas. Right? This is. It's it's yeah. You're starting to see more. Uh, you know, it's a poor area. I think they call it Sector G. They've, eventually, they've
1: moved a specific group of people to live and stay in this area.
0: Yeah, and he's starting to run into more. You know, this is when you're starting to get more. You're seeing more of the mutants. I, I think, think this is first your time. first time. Yeah, I think this I think is so. the first
1: time you're seeing them. And they've got these face mutations, very obvious facial mutations. Yeah, and he on explains, their face, wrinkles or whatever.
0: And he starts to ask Benny like how did they become mutants and he says well uh cohagan used cheap domes and so it didn't seal the air in property uh, properly so the low oxygen levels and stuff and pr- improper filtration eventually led to genetic mutations as we first colonized mars and stuff like that and it's anyway it's led to this stuff but the one guy
1: stops him and he says do you want to know your future Quaid says, how about my past? He is relishing in Mars. Oh, and he's l- oh yes. Uh, he, is, he has the
0: biggest grin on his face. He's super into it. And then eventually, you know, you know, it's already been implied that um, certain mutants are psychic. And so this one woman offers to tell his fortune and he kind of walks by. But then this little girl comes up and says, hey, can I guess you're birthday you're a Taurus and he's like very charmed by it he says yes. oh how did you know and tips her and give her some money and he's just like loving every minute very of it. Very gentle to her
1: and warm to her
0: and that endeared
1: me in a big way to this character
0: Yeah he's not put off by this all it was he had this fascination Quaid had this fascination with Mars and obviously despite everything that's going on he's into it and he's at Mars and he's loving every second of it. There's also
1: it's it's cyberpunk ads everywhere it's neon signs Pepsi advertisements all over the place.
0: Finally, we get to The Last Resort.
1: And I I have a deep breath.
0: (laughs) Here we go. I
1: just have, this is one of my moments where it's just like, all right, like, do we just take a break for like 10 minutes and like give the audience, like just leave 10 blank minutes of space for everyone to catch their breath before we keep on with this
0: episode? (laughs) Because this this movie just doesn't stop. (laughs) No, so good. I love it. (laughs) He walks into The the Last Resort and it's just a packed kind of dive bar. It's awesome. All these characters rule. They all look great diner look to it yeah but you just have such a wide like diverse mixture of people you have people who uh aren't mutated you have mutants you have all these various costumes it's awesome and it's clearly like probably a brothel of some sort because there's a, clearly a lot of like sex workers and things like that it at seems this place. like it's
1: just a brothel like and everyone knows that uh yeah and- They've got dancers up on the floor, so and the advertisement made it look like strip club-esque, but I don't think that, I mean, it's just a brothel.
0: He strolls right up to the um, bartender, and he's like, hey, I'm looking for Melina. Nah, she's busy. He's like, no, she's busy, but, you know, Mary here is free and she goes well who's mary free. dustin who's mary mary is the infamous three <laughs> three-breasted woman the, the the infamous three boobs
1: i feel like we're talking about like bird sighting or something like <laughs> <laughs> like the white-breasted whatever bird the three-breasted I, woman I, of I, mars
0: <laughs> hey man i'm just saying i think i think mary was a very uh, important formative figure for a lot of uh, <laughs> boys in the early to mid 90s. I'm gonna let um, you just keep talking. Uh, I'm digging myself a really good deal here. <laughs> we'll see how this uh, is one of the craziest things
1: I've ever seen in my life.
0: It's there's so that's
1: happens a number of times in this movie that you just I've never seen anything like this in my life. It's insane.
0: So she opens her blouse and she has to be <laughs> and uh. <laughs> he's like, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. And he's just, Arnold's just like, I'm good. I'm going to wait for Molina, And she's like, she's like earth slime. <laughs> she's not,
1: she's not happy with
0: him about it. Super pissed that he got turned, uh, turned away. But apparently this is a rumor I had heard. I don't know how true it All is. All right, here we go.
1: Works. Through,
0: yep. Apparently during the design of Mary's character, they wanted to have four breasts. Okay. But I guess it was determined that when they b- built the prosthetic, that it looked too much like cow udders. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, so they weren't feeling I, it. So they're like, definitely
1: wh- got like this, like yeah, I could see that. I th- they were pretty much there with this one.
0: They were like, so what about three? At least they're not stacked like a cow. <laughs> oh <ur-." laughs> gosh. Oh no. Oh man. And this is that. This is this is Paul Verhoeven horniness right here, here, man. Make like not necessary hilarious but it's not necessary yeah it's it's very off-putting and bizarre <laughs> it's not
1: uh, yeah
0: uh, and it's not Bart what Taylor your 14
1: just... year old boy would think that it was going to be yeah it's just like yeah. weird uh <laughs> so I was he, younger than 14. he's like he's like no i'm good and she's like Well, wow. she's like what is wrong with this guy <laughs> she walks away and then he's he hands the bartender some cash he's like i'll wait and then the guy instantly he's like well she's right over there but
0: well, he's like melinda melina sticks to her regulars and then they you look over and melina's with a group of people she sees him obviously knows that it's him uh everyone has a him. moment
1: all this whole table has a
0: moment yeah they're all kind of look at him and they come up and they're like oh wow and uh she comes up and you know she calls him Hauser right away, and yes. she's like, "You got a lot of nerve, Hauser." Grabs his crotch, and you know, asks him like, <laughs> "What have you been feeding this thing? What have you been feeding this thing?" And his air, his confidence, was just like blonde mostly, <laughs> and just like. This this is a very awkward scene. Yeah, it's some awkward flirting here, and, and she's like, "Well, come with me." I think he's you know still hungry or whatever. <laughs> she's taking him uh, up the stairs, and then there's Tony, and Tony's Tony has pissed. a Tony's kind of pissed. Tony's a mutant, and you know who that is, right? Yeah, Tony? yeah, Dean Norris, Hank Breaking, from Breaking Bad, Bad. Uh, young Dean Norris. You can but tell he's yeah, and he's like he says like,
1: "You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here, Hauser." Look who's talking. Hey, Tony, give the big guy a break.
0: Relax. You'll live longer. Come on. And this was kind of where I was starting to think, like, I think this is more evidence that it's a dream. But this one, I can go both ways. Because I think it's a dream because, like, the way he's acting to all of the circumstances around him, he's, like, way too comfortable with it, way too cocky with it, and he's loving everything. Every minute of this Mars stuff. He's like, it's like an amusement park ride for him. He's just engrossed in this experience. He's going along for it. Nothing is swaying him or deterring him or bringing him any sort of like, he's just really feeling it. Now you can simply just say, those are his like secret agent instincts kicking in and he knows how to be cool. He knows how to navigate Mars. And you know, it's one of those things where you can kind of go back and forth a little bit. Suave Arnold from raw deal is back. I wanted to ask you this. I was going to (laughs) say the way he's acting is much better than Joey P and it almost feels like it could have been Joey P from raw deal. How'd you feel about that?
1: Oh, there's some, there's something, there's something there to that, but, uh, I think it's very different. Like the, the, there's enough mystery going on with Quaid and him kind of being all long for the ride. this is the moment where he like gets snarky a little bit, but you, you, you take that from where he just had that really tender moment with the mutant c- child girl, So uh, that smooths it right over for me. Like we're, he's a nice guy, good guy. And then this, this dude's giving him a hard time. So he's sends it right back. But yeah, oh, there's, for me,
0: they're there's, both of those actions are totally in line. It's like, yes, in line with each other. For me, it's just a guy like relishing Mars. A 100%. Is like, he is. Uh, so that was just, both of those actions are make, or like i said totally in line with me for there's there's
1: definitely a bit of a callback to undercover arnold
0: yeah and and then you know someone else says something like gives him more shit and he's like hey relax you'll live longer and then you know as he's going up there's another character in the bar her name's thumbelina and but she's like she's really funny here because she's like again to your point of like people remarking on arnold's physique yeah is always way more fun yeah she's just like Yo, if you need help with that client, like I'm here. <laughs> Let <'cause>. me know. <laughs> Cuz I'll come hang out. She's
1: great. I mean, all of her yeah. scenes are great. Right.
0: Oh, she's awesome. She's she has awesome. a very she has a great scene. Absolutely. So they go to the the room and she smacks him. Oh, she flips the switch. She's not playing the part anymore now that they're behind closed doors and she's pissed. And she keeps calling him Hauser. This kind of trips me up a little bit because I'm trying to think like if it's real, right? If it's real. Yep. And the master plan was Hauser was, spoilers, was (laughs) implanted. Yep. And the reason why this all took place was because the mutants are psychic and they could always pick out a mole. So that means they would have had to, they should have or should have sent Quaid to them to get to know them.
1: Instead of sending
0: Hauser. 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 Because they would have instantly known that Hauser was one of Cohagen's guys. Right. So they wouldn't have got close and familiar with him and all this other sort of stuff.
1: To his credit, Quaid is not, Takes no time in explaining himself to her right away. He's literally like, she is like, really happy to see him, and he's like, Melina, I don't remember you. I don't remember you at all. So he's upfront with them right away. But I agree. I get what you're saying
0: because yeah. So that's where I was like, oh, maybe this is more evidence that it was a dream, or it's just a continuity error, or or it's just <laughs> it's like, like you know, the chips have fallen and we
1: want them to play out. You know. Yeah. They're like, here he is with his memory erased as Quaid going to them. Because yeah, they were bought into Hauser initially. It seemed like they were bought into Hauser being their their person that they were partnering with against Cohagen. And then mm-hmm. apparently he disappears. And so they're like, well what the heck? Now he's back. Well, this is weird. He was gone for a while. He was supposed to help us out and then he he ghosted us. Now he's back. And now he's saying I don't know anything about any of that. And then she has a great line, which is she's like, This is too weird for me. And I was like, When she said that, I was like, Lady, there are weirder things
0: happening in this building than him having his memory erased. <laughs> I guess maybe the, yeah, definitely. I guess maybe the idea is the way they convince the sincerity is like maybe they knew, Hey, man, you're Hauser's goon or whatever. But the way we re- feel that you're being sincere is he, Hauser got scared enough to wipe your memory. Co-hagen. Yeah, I keep screwing that up. <laughs> Cohagen got scared enough to wipe your memory. Right. So maybe, maybe that's the idea. But I just But she doesn't buy it. No, she's very, very like she's like, Don't take me for a fool. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Kind of kicks him out. And he's like, he's like,
1: No, like, listen, I really need your help. Like, you're the last clue that I had. I was supposed to find you to help me figure out what's going on with my memory. He's like, people are trying to kill me. And she pulls out a gun and she's like, Oh, are they? And he's like, All right, I'm leaving.
0: He leaves Benny's enjoying some time with Mary and then uh, <laughs> they uh, they they get out of the last Lady, resort. you
1: make me wish I had three hairs. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was, you got us crushed, it, man. You did great.
1: <laughs> they go outside. So uh, Benny's Benny's along. He's he's on for the ride. He's taking He's here. He's taking him wherever he needs to go.
0: Takes him to a hotel room or whatever and Arnold quates back in the hotel room. You got a quick scene of Cohagen on the news. Okay, hold on. I need another deep
1: breath, Dustin.
0: You need the deepest of breaths for this next I one, I need buddy. a deep breath
1: for this next scene. We just left the bar <laughs> with the mutants. <laughs> with the mutants. And, the, and the, the legendary Mars three-breasted
0: woman. And Mary. <laughs> and now Here we, go. we find out We find out that Cohagen has declared martial law. And as he does that, there's a knock at the door, and we get the best scene in the movie.
1: This this scene is unbelievable.
0: This scene rules. It's so good. This guy, Dr. Edgemar, man, crushes it. He is so
1: good. This scene kicks ass. This scene rules. He crushes it. Arnold, um, his bad attitude is good the whole time uh so come on yeah take us so there's a knock at the door arnold grabs a gun points it at the door take us through how it starts here
0: this guy totally in control very authoritative he's like hey this is dr edgemar i'm from recall you might remember me from the commercials he doesn't say that but he was the guy on the advertisement he was on the ad and he says listen like you're, you're not really here. You're having, you know, you're having what we call a free delusion due to result of the schizoid embolism. Amazing words,
1: by the way, amazing words combined and put together.
0: Yeah. And he's just, he's telling him like, what is happening is, is all of this is a result of a fragmentation in your mind. This is all a dream. You've just been way too immersed. We put this stuff in there and your mind has just kind of
1: gravitated it moved it around in a certain way and this all that you're experiencing is partially what we've made and partially what you have gotten stuck with and now you
0: can't get out you can't determine what's real and what's not you're you're stuck and he's like well then if that's the case like why are you here and he's like i'm like an emergency protocol i'm here if something goes really sideways i'm here to convince you that we need to get you out and I can prove it. And I can prove it because, listen. He says, uh, open the door or something. Arnold puts the gun up to his chin and he says, you open it. And he, with the gun on his chin, he says, no need to be rude. I'll do it. His composure throughout this just is incredible. And that's obviously what makes makes the scene. I
1: also think that his um, snark does not do anything for his message. Because he's, he's pretty put down. Put down towards yeah. uh, Quaid here i agree he is he's thrown a little bit of heat he's like do you really think that you're this blah 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 who's doing blah 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 and the only one that can blah blah blah
0: blah you're just a regular man like he's he really lays it out for him he's like what's more likely bullshit what's bullshit mr quaid that you're having a paranoid episode triggered by acute neurochemical trauma Or that you're really an invincible secret agent from Mars who's the victim of an interplanetary conspiracy to make him think he's a lowly construction worker.
1: Like, I wouldn't want to do I wouldn't want to do what this guy says because he's being such an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And Arnold is definitely like not buying it. And he's giving him attitude back. So this, this balance of their attitude, both bad attitudes going at each other
0: is very fun. And then he pulls the secret weapon, which is, which is Lori. She comes in. She's like, listen, I'm here at recall. We need you to come back. They've, you know, implanted me and you're seeing me through the console or whatever. You got to come back. And he's like, you you tried to kill me. And she's like, I would never do that. I never did that. See, you're just, you're imagining
1: these things. All these things are crazy. Uh, the uh, he says okay so what do I do so she's here and his his guard has dropped a little bit right Yeah, it, he was way up in arms about the just talking to this guy once she comes in his guard has dropped and he says okay so then let's say this is a dream let's say I believe you what do I do
0: swallow this what is it it's a symbol of your desire to return to reality inside your dream you'll fall asleep
1: All right, let's say you're telling the truth, and this is all a dream, and it could put us trigger, and it won't matter.
0: Doug, don't. It won't make the slightest difference to me, Doug, but the consequences to you would be devastating. In your mind, I'll be dead, and with no one to guide you out, you'll be stuck in permanent psychosis. Doug. Let Dr. Edgemore help you. The walls of reality will come crashing down. One minute, you'll be the savior of the rebel cause, and the next thing you know, you'll be Cohagen's bosom buddy. You'll even have fantasies about alien civilizations, as you requested, but in the end, back on Earth, you'll be lobotomized. So
1: get a grip on yourself, Doug, and put down that gun. You'll be lobotomized
0: screams it at him and he puts the pill in his his mouth. His
1: uh, intensity ratchets up with each sentence as Mm -hmm. he's explaining what's going to happen if Arnold actually shoots him. And yeah, he puts it in his mouth.
0: And he's wavering. He's about to swallow the pill. Good. Now take the pill and put it in your mouth. Swallow it. Go ahead, sweetheart.
1: He blows him away. Headshot. Center of the forehead. And you get a slow-mo scene of the body quivering like you see the his cheeks slowly quivering from the shot and the exit
0: wound at the back of the head blood splatters all over the back wall and he goes down dude what a just what a scene man did you so the first time if you can remember the first time you watched this movie did this scene like give you pause or really like make you wonder what was really going on no you were convicted this whole time yeah okay
1: but I, I, but I loved this tension for the character of Quaid.
0: Okay. So this was. And this this yeah, one yeah, threw no, you off.
1: I, Cause I, then, I, then, I, I get it. And like, even now, like if you ask since you said, was your first time, my first time I was like locked into my view and my view has changed since my first time.
0: Oh, has yeah. it? Okay, cool. Uh, So I had I'm trying to save this for the end, but we, so I, the first time I watched it, I had my, yeah. my yeah. verdict. This gave me pause. And then I was like, okay. and then I, you know, kind of and again, this is one of those scenes where it's like super easily to rationalize this machine for or against. Totally. But his delivery was very, very good. Scenes so good. Definitely the best scene in the movie for me. He
1: only is talking logically to him. Yes. He's not talking speculatively or anything like that. He's just saying these are the facts. Yeah. Well, Lori's- Best Lori's, in
0: the movie. Lori's pissed. Now she's like, now you've She says done it like it three even...
1: times. <laughs> now you've done it.
0: Now you've
1: done it. And then the walls of the hotel room get blasted down. And we get another fist fight.
0: We get another fist fight. He falls to the ground and she decides that she stomps on his balls again. She's got to do that, <laughs> she man. Kicks she kicks the shit out, out
1: of him again. She loves kicking the shit out of
0: Arnold. She <laughs> just loves stomping on him. And uh it's it's nuts. uh Oh, before we move on, uh Red Pill. That's got a Matrix. Definitely had to reference this, right? Red Pill for sure. um That's definitely got to be a Matrix. Definitely had this in the back. He definitely spits this out at him. What year did the Matrix release? Ninety nine. Nine years after this movie. Oh man! Wow. Okay. So I think I mean the Wachowskis are definitely huge science fiction fans. So I I gotta believe that this was
1: the, gives him know, the red pill. He puts that. it in his mouth. He did put it in his mouth. I don't know if we mentioned that. And then he held or he, Then he blasts him and then he uh, spits the pill out on him and then now you've done it now you've done it she's back to just he's he's on the ground subdued basically and she's just like laying into him with these leg kicks Um, she said that during her uh, one of her trips back to the United States after doing some of the physical action scenes she was like really bruised up and she said it's from (laughs) beating up on Arnold she was like
0: yeah (laughs) It's like punching it's a like wall. Punching wall. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, but I mean, she her action scenes are really good. It's the first one, this one, all of it's like she is scary. She would destroy you. You know, like that's the feeling you get when you watch her. Like, Absolutely. She, unless you're, she's she, great. Yeah, she knows how to fight. She knows how to carry herself.
0: Well, they actually knock. They knock Quaid out. They knock him out. They got him handcuffed. She calls Richter. I got him. They're dragging him away. They're dragging him towards the airport, or and elevator. And he says,
1: bring him to the whatever elevator. And they're So they're going to meet somewhere.
0: Uh, drags him to the elevator. And just as the elevator doors opens, here's Melina coming in to kick some ass herself. And she blows away all of the dudes. Great gunfights. Uh, Just smokes all the soldiers that were there. And then proceeds to have a just a fist fight with Lori, Lori
1: had ducked to the side while all the dudes got wasted. Once that was done, she steps out, kicks. The, I think she kicks the gun out of her hand and then they f- yeah. fucking fight.
0: Then they have like a real fight. And it's a good fight. Yeah. The fights in this movie are great. The choreography is awesome. I had heard a rumor that I think Paul Verhoeven had suggested that this was the first woman v. woman fist fight. I find that hard to believe. I, def- I definitely think there's got to be some like. Martial arts movies, either from uh, like Hong Kong cinema or something like that. But I, I kinda, don't like, know I about that. But, but, I, but
1: what I remember him saying was that it was very important for him that this looked different from like any other woman versus woman like cat fight.
0: Yeah, he was true. like the, he wanted sense.
1: both of them to look like they knew exact. They knew what they were doing. They were martial artists. They were fighting, and you definitely get that. Both of them have really good combat moments and Lori kind of gets the best of Melina
0: here. She's about ready to put like the death blow on when Quaid comes to, right? She's about ready and to she take her out. A, and I like the double agent stuff she does. Oh yeah. She's like out for blood. And then she's like, she, she's oh, awesome honey, in this movie. Hey. She,
1: she, her character was great and her performance was awesome in this movie. But yeah, so she's about to kill Melina and Arnold has picked up the gun that I think Melina had brought. He shoots, she pulls like a knife out of her, uh, like boot. And she's about yeah. to cut her throat or something, and Arnold shoots the knife out of her hand, and she sees that, and she's, oh, baby, it's me, or <laughs> something like that. Like she immediately <laughs> she turns on, like I said, switch. she turns
0: on the double agent thing. Yeah, and she's like, oh, baby, he's wait, not. You can't kill me. There's no going back for him at this point. He doesn't believe any of it anymore. Never. He's like, I'm this Guck. guy. She's like this was all a farce. Yeah. She's like, I'm your, I'm your wife.
1: I would never. And then she goes to reach for a gun, and he, he headshot, headshot. man. He. He blasts her. Says, "Consider this a divorce." It's pretty cold. Uh, what's her name? Melina like,
0: gets up. She- Melina's great. She's like, "That was your wife." And he goes, like, "Well, my fake wife." And he's, like, "What a bitch!" <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Melina's hilarious. She's Melina awesome.
1: is awesome. But yeah, that was a uh, that was the moment, and they run off. They they have gotten away. And then
0: it's another chase, Dude, man. This
1: movie does not stop. Another the, the chase. elevator
0: opens and Richter. Is there. Richter's there. They pursue the Richter them. sees his girl. Wasted. She's dead. So now you think about all that rage that he had, and he's definitely compounded because this guy that you hate now just murdered your wife. So he comes after he's going after
1: Quaid. They Quaid and Melina are you know, this the scene for this the look of this escape scene is really good. They jump off of this ledge and they're climbing down uh, you know, the side of this building. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like scaffolding or whatever. They're climbing down. The Richter's buddy has gotten there first, and he looks at them and he's like, well, we can't shoot them now because the dome is on the other side. There's just the glass that shows you (laughs) So the whole scenery of Mars is out on the other side of where they're looking. So you're seeing the whole color of this shot is red because Mars is outside. They're climbing down the scaffolding, and richter shows up he's just seen laurie's corpse and he sees them and he pulls the trigger without hesitation he is firing to kill this guy right away and his buddy stops him and he's like he has some great lines he says
0: you'll crack the dome (laughs) (laughs) we'll all die die. yeah to your to your point of to your point earlier at the airport scene of you can't just be blasting in public like that man there's gonna be consequences and people are gonna get hurt and people Dude, die.
1: was gonna he was gonna crack the dome and let all of them <laughs> die he did not care he's,
0: I mean he's got nothing left to live for at this point I guess you know his wife is uh yeah hates, well, I guess the only thing left to live for is to, to kill, kill this guy. guy that's his only buddy his buddy, thing his his buddy is left. like has to like bring him back he's like you can't do that. this you literally cannot shoot at them right now we will all die uh, they escape out into the street though, and they're picked up by Benny, yeah. And you know what? They Benny's, Benny's ready, he's like, Where are we going? And, and they say, Uh, take us to the last resort.
1: Do you have what he says? Yeah.
0: Oh, you guys are running around, and she's like, Step on it, and they're being pursued. There's another, there's now we got car chases. We've had tons of foot chases, but there's car chases now.
1: Richter, Richter jacks a car to go after them, and they're firing. Bullets are crashing through the the window in the back here. Class is getting all over them, and they're
0: firing back. Benny is screaming the whole time. He's like, what are you guys getting me into? Yeah, they make it back to the last resort, which is awesome because they go in, and Tony is on it. All Melina has to say is like, Tony, and he's on it. They have a fake wall. So they escape through the fake wall. As the they tunnel. escape, Arnold says to Tony, he says, thanks, Tony, acknowledges him, and Tony's like, it's cool. We're good. And it's fair. It was a very like heartfelt, like, thank you, Tony. Like I he, I love it. And I had this moment underlined in my notes because I alluded to it earlier, but this is the moment where if it's a memory, right? Like, so right. say it was real and it was a memory implanted at the behest of Cohagen. This is the moment where it becomes a choice yeah. where we were talking earlier about what happens to the identities. Is there, do both identities live in this head somewhere? Maybe. Clearly, because the skills, he's got the ass-kicking skills. So some of it's still there, but this is the moment where he chooses, I'm going to be Quaid. Yeah. And I think it's just signified by how he says that to Tony. I love that. I,
1: I really liked that moment. Those small moments of kindness in movies go a long way for me, just like the, it did with the mutant girl. Uh And this mm-hmm. moment here, they could have not put that in the movie and you wouldn't have thought about it. But putting that small thing in the movie does... Volumes for the character. Not only had Tony been an asshole to him earlier, and that's his only knowledge of it, he doesn't know any prior history that they may have. He just knows this dude kind of came at him. Now he sees the dude is literally saving his life, saving their life, and they're all on board and in the same thing together. And so he takes a moment while their lives are on the line to acknowledge him and show him his value, even though he's a mutant, even though they've had a history, and then move on. And that's all it is. It's a blink of an eye. Doesn't take much, but it's powerful. Yeah, Love it. Richter arrives at the last resort, but they are nowhere to be seen. This all happened so quickly and everybody was in on it. Tony opens the door. They go through the door. He closes the door. The patrons put the table back where it goes and sit at the table. There's no clues whatsoever that they were there. It happened so quick. Well, Mary comes down. (laughs) So She tries her, her thing. (laughs) her shtick this was not gonna work this is twice now that she's tried her thing with zero chance of success (laughs) at least she had Benny. oh gosh paul verhoven is gonna fit her in every chance he gets (laughs) yes (laughs) she makes her appearance he's like where are they and she's like i don't know what you're talking about and she turns around to walk away waste, sir. Ah, man, Rick, uh, rest in peace, Mary, man. Ah, so sad. She will oh, live forever. As long, as long as mankind has memory of movies at all, she will live on. Uh, she's blasted. Uh, blasted away. Richter's, he's gonna, he's he's murderous. He's murderously yes. angry right now.
0: Sick gunfight in the last resort, he though, He says,
1: here. Um, like, he blows her away, and people, are, like, pause for a second. They're like,
0: whoa, what's
1: of, oh what is yeah gonna, yeah yeah this has escalated very quickly they don't know where he's coming from he's coming from a very angry place well then it's going to continue and tony runs up to like kick the gun out of his hand or whatever and richter says
0: kill them all well before that he pulls the gun on thumbelina and oh. he's like maybe you'll talk maybe you'll and talk. she she's acting scared and then that's when tony kicks the gun out and the gun you know kill them all the gunfire suit uh Happens. This was not a good good idea on his part. No, because these uh the, all the patrons at the Last Resort are gonna definitely gang up on you. Starting with Thumbelina, who pulls out this massive knife and stabs one guy. She stabs the guy, the buddy. She runs like
1: all the way down the length of this place and stabs him real good. Um, there's, I mean, some of the mutants, some of the patrons are getting shot, but a lot of his guys are going down too. They're going
0: down with him. And then she jumps on the bar. The bartender's like, yo, here's your gun. She pulls out this, like, sick automatic rifle. And she's Blow- just, like, guns. And you show, they
1: show people getting blown away from her shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she takes out, awesome. like, four dudes.
0: Yeah, it rules. Um, so, good. Uh, you know, just one of, like, many gunfights in this. As all hell is breaking loose, Richter does sort of escape. He was
1: so angry that he had this reaction of just, like, comes into this room. He doesn't get the answer he wants immediately. So he just decides to just kill all of these people. Opens fire. Yeah. Well, that goes bad for them. They end up, I mean, he they do kill people, which is a shame. But these people beat them and kick them out of here, basically. And he runs out, dives out a window. He has a very cool guy action scene diving out a window. <laughs> we'll give him that. Uh, while the yeah. rest of his guys are in there getting blasted by Thumbelina and the others. Oh, what's um, yeah. his name? Takes a shot breaking bad Tony takes a shot Uh, but he's he's still he's still there he just is bleeding Uh, and then so Richter jumps out and then he's got reinforcements coming in he runs behind one of his cars that's
0: arrived to take a call from Cohagen who's like pump and he goes oh that's awesome it's great that Quaid has escaped with the rebels that's great out of there he's like great get out of there leave there now because we're going to shut the air off to section Well, he G. doesn't
1: say that because Richter never needs to know the plan because he's a worthless piece of trash. He's a mad. He's a mad he's dog a, who doesn't. Yeah. You know. And Richter's mad. He's like he, he. He wants to murder these people. He wants. He's so murderous right now, and uh, he's like, get out of there. He's like, Aah. He's like. He's like. Dude, you need to do what I say, okay? So get out of there. <laughs> Like that you just like infantilized him even more. <laughs> <laughs> he actually
0: has a, cu- he has a couple cool guy scenes while he's this whipped dog. It's such a... That's what I love about it. Like I love that he's like this like vicious dude, but when you see what's behind it... He's like just, he has that yeah. cool
1: action scene diving out the window and then he has another cool scene here as they're leaving. All the guards go out this doorway and the door is like slowly closing. It's a huge door, right? It's like closing a cavern wall basically. And as it's closing... He's walked to the other side, but he stopped and he slowly turns around and he looks back inside and you know, he's like, man, I wanted to kill some more people. Like that's what you get from him (laughs) from that, that look that he gives, but he's not allowed because daddy said, don't go kill more people. And then the door closes. Uh, I thought it was a cool guy moment looking like it looked like a cool guy moment while he, he walks out that door.
0: Oh yeah. He's great. Then the fans stop. They know what's up. Air is going to stop getting pumped into their section. And that's going to be a problem.
1: Lingering looks at all of the women and the children that are mm, here. Very sad.
0: Very sad. Before we head into the catacombs, uh, where they this trip, where they slipped into is down in these catacombs where you are seeing some of the corpses of what they call some of the first settlers of Mars. Uh, that basically Cohagen was very cheap, and they all died. Because hey,
1: maybe my grandpa's buried
0: here. <laughs> Benny's Benny's killing it, and they're just explaining like, hey, you know, Cohagen was cheap. He used bad domes, didn't pump literally it in the right kill air. People, people. The first people here was literally killing people when the when Mars was first colonized. How old is Cohagen? Great question. Has this stuff been this? I feel like this would take off That's a very great long question. time. To,
1: like. There's like lifetimes of people that would be here. For instance, Benny says my grandpa might be buried here. That's two generations back and Kohagen was directly responsible for that. So you're
0: totally right. Not to mention like mutations This, this time. Is,
1: this is lending me to think dream here.
0: Yeah. That Kohagen just persists forever right. as this... He's just a yeah. figurehead. Yeah, he's just interesting. I didn't think about that <laughs> one. Good call, Mark. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But th- this is kind of when we get the first m- signs yes. of affection yes. for Melina, like mutual affection, I should say, because she says something like, "Well, it's a shame you forgot you ever loved me." He's like, "I could never forget that." He's like, "I don't or, need my memory for that." Oh yeah. And then they, they're then about they to kiss. kiss, or kiss or there's literally human oh, skulls as right. they're about to kiss next to
1: their heads, which is very weird. Uh, visual, They're like yeah. the lighting because they're like flashlights in this catacombs. And then they're like looking at each other like they're about to kiss. And there's literal skeletons and skulls around them of the dead founders
0: of Mars or whatever. And then uh, one of them opens up to uh, the rebel base. Yeah. And before not before they're like, all right, well, we know Melina. She vouches for this dude, Arnold, Quaid. But we don't know about Benny. And Benny's like, hey, man, it's cool. I'm cool. He takes his glove off and reveals that he's actually a mutant. And they're like, all right, cool. Mutants uh, are cool. Mutant the Benny mutation is very cool. Yes. He pulls out, like, because he's got this fake hand that just looks like a normal everyday. Did you notice it,
1: like, grasps after he takes it off? It's like the fingers are opening and closing after he pulls it off.
0: It's like, um, what the hell do they call it in the um yeah. Adams Family? Yeah, Adam's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, the the thing or whatever they call it. Um, but anyways, then his arm comes out and it's like folded all on itself, like a complete one eighty degrees. But he extends it and he's basically just got two very large fingers. Yeah, there And and
1: the uh, the bone is like
0: open, like the the flesh like opens around the
1: the bone of the um forearm and stuff. It looks very cool and creepy. Kind of wish he would have had some cool like. Superpower that he could do with it, like a super long punch or something that would have been cool. But that's it. That's literally the
0: only time you see it. They just, because he, he covers it back up. Yep. You don't see it come back. So they go back, the leader of this guy, the leader of the, um, rebels. the, leader of the rebels is like, all right, come with me, Quaid. And now, you come. know who the leader of the rebels is? Well, we've heard it's Qu- uh, Quato, but it, this guy's I'm Quado. talking about the actor. Oh, Marshall Bell. Yes. He was
1: in also, also known as, the rather poor villain of Twins.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> <I did. laughs> All right, Webster or whatever the hell his name was, Weber Wallace, Wh- Webster, Winston, whatever the hell his name was. Winston, Uh way better in this than that. Far better, way this. better,
1: dude. I picked up on it right away. I'm surprised you didn't, because we went from one to the next. No, but that shows you how much of a nothing he was in Twins. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was so nothing in Twins. He's such a nothing in Twins. I was like really fixated on how like unimpressive he was in Twins that I was like as soon as I saw him in this I was like whoa it's that guy who sucked in Twins (laughs) (laughs) the only part of Twins that I didn't like is hopefully hopefully he
0: doesn't suck in this because he's got a no he's good he's got a really important role so he's fine he's fine yeah. So he goes and he kind of, you know, they kind of catch up, you know, he kind of fills them in like, hey, I don't remember anything, whatever, whatever, whatever. But the important part is he goes, listen, all right, well, you know, Quato Quato wants to meet you. But, you know, one thing that's important to note is Quato's a mutant, so don't get nervous. Like, chill out. Also, no one else can be around when you meet Quato. Don't get nervous when you see him. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go get him. He stands up. Dude, this is. Takes a few steps. This thing is insane. I was watching with uh, my partner and he, she just goes gross. Yeah, it's <laughs> freaking gross. Webster Weber Rebs, Webster whatever whatever whatever. He's the host. He uh yep. basically Quado comes out of his stomach. He's so he's uh, you know, he's the host of Quado.
1: Whether he's like a conjoined twin or
0: what, yeah, who, knows? who knows.
1: Cuado is this other being a completely independent like brain and life form yep. attached to his stomach. And apparently it like can hide inside of him. So like he can just like wear normal clothes and like, you wouldn't know that he's there. And then he needs to like, it needs to like come out of his flesh yeah. because he like steps aside, opens his jacket. And then he like, he makes some weird noises. So maybe this is some Marshall bell noises <laughs> moment. Cause he's like, <laughs> he's like, staring at the wall and he's going like I would imagine <laughs> it's
0: very unsettling I would imagine <laughs> it's uncomfortable to have this thing come out of you or <laughs> and it comes out of him and turns around and there's this it looks like a baby yeah I do like that they gave him like a normal voice apparently Marshall Bell did the voice and it's the same it's like very similar but I just like that he's not like a baby a baby or they didn't that would be messed, that up. Would be messed up or they didn't give him some weird because you know the point it is like Cohagen dehumanizes the mutants and the ideas like to try yeah. to humanize them. So I just, I don't know. I just like that. They just gave him like a regular voice, which I appreciated. He asked him a bit. He, you know, he, he's like, I'm not Hauser anymore. I'm Quaid. And he goes, well, we're going to open up your mind. That's cool. The quote that stood out to me here is he says, a man is not defined by his or a man is defined by his actions, not his memories. But that made me wonder, is he? He wondered if this was, if this was picked up by um, Batman in Batman Begins. No, I didn't. But hey, I appreciate you picking up what I'm putting down with all these okay. uh, references. I really appreciate that. But no, my thought was that's like... Not
1: who you, not who you are underneath. That's <laughs> what you do that defines you.
0: Good pull. Go on. Good pull. I'm sorry. No, that's a, I'm sorry no, 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 no. That's a great pull. My point was... I'm interrupting you. No, my, my thought here was, <laughs> is it though? Because we talked about how a man is not defined by his actions or a man is defined by his actions, not his memories. I don't know. Because this person we talked about like the two identities living in this person. He's making a choice to go with the memories of Quaid to become Quaid. But that doesn't stop that the fact that if this was real, this physical person, this Arnold figure of the Hauser character performed all those other actions, which he says like Hauser's done some very terrible stuff. So I get like philosophically what, uh you know, yeah. Quato is yeah, saying, yeah. but in the confines of this world, I was like, I don't know, man. It sounds like memories can really make a person who they are at this point, you know, uh, or really make yeah. define who they choose to be subsequently, I guess. Yeah. I, I think the, the
1: thing that I must consider about Kuato is as much as this movie may be trying to make him as the freedom fighter, the guy is still going to use like manipulative language to get his agenda moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not that he's uh, necessarily evil or anything like that, but he's going to be like, Hey man, like I know you think you might be like, you know, actually a bad guy, but like, what if you were a good guy and you did good guy stuff? That's all that would really matter. You know? So there's some, some of that, like he, Kawato wants him to do a a specific thing. He wants him to make a specific choice. And so his message in talking to him is going to be, I'm going to guide you towards this choice.
0: Yeah, true. Like, you know, leave behind your past and now you have a decision to, you know, do good action.
1: I, I love the way that this movie allows Quaid to just embrace his identity as Quaid and that he doesn't end up being like, actually, maybe I need to think about what would Hauser do? Like, I need to put a WWHD bracelet on. What would Hauser (laughs) do so that I can, like, remember my old self and what it would be? He puts that completely aside. And he's made, like you pointed out when he makes that choice, I am going to be Quaid now. Mm -hmm. And that moment where he's made that decision carries through to all of the other interactions that are to come including this one and then whenever he you know they have a showdown with the with Cohagen etc that decision's already been made yeah there's nothing else to talk about he's like
0: I'm Quaid that's where we're going with this yeah and I uh, yes I agree and I love uh, he doesn't waver and the, he actually leads into what that leads into one of my um one of my favorite lines coming up He like rejects Hauser altogether for sure.
1: Yes. And I think that that is a message to be considered in our lives, that it's okay to move forward Mm. and it's okay to be different than what you thought. It's okay to have one perspective that's dominated your view of the world and new information has come into you or you've just come to see things a different way. You kind of reject that message mm-hmm. and then you it's hard to to make that move. Big time. <laughs> it's big <laughs> I mean, time hard to know. make that move. Can, you know hey, what I mean? I can speak from personal experience. Like, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. It's it's hard to say, man, I thought the way the world was this way for 33 years. You know what? I really don't think it's that way anymore. Yeah. On the one hand, you might just say, I'm just gonna go with it though, because like I've thought it was that way for however long. So I'm just gonna kind of stick with that. Or what takes real courage is saying, I need to make a change and I need to move forward. And that's what Quaid does. Yeah. Quaid says, I don't know, you know, he's has the luxury of not remembering
0: <laughs> how he viewed the world sure, before. Sure, that, make, that makes that courage a little bit easier <laughs> to come by. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he maybe he's
1: privileged in that sense of not needing to know like, I don't know what made me a giant piece of shit for however <laughs> long I was oppressing the people of Mars, uh, but now I have new information. And you know what's not a question? You know that Quaid has. Is it okay to murder the mutants in Venusville? No. So whatever you're trying to do and whatever worldview that you have that thinks it's okay to turn off the oxygen for the people that live in Venusville, whatever it is that leads you to that conclusion is not okay. And it doesn't matter. I don't have to ask that question. I just know that that's wrong. And I'm going to oppose that. So Quaid,
0: I like it. I I, I like Quaid embracing being Quaid. Fantastic points. I couldn't agree more. You said it beautifully. Um, back between Quato, or Quato, I keep saying Quato. Between Quato and uh, Quade, he's basically like, all right, man, well, now it's time to free your mind. I'm going to read your mind. Open your mind. Listen, Open the camera zooms
1: in on this puppet's face Open your for so long. And it says this phrase over and over and over Does again. Did it
0: skeeve you out? Were you not about this puppet? Dude, this puppet is super disturbing. Is it's kind g-
1: extremely disturbing. I, know. Did you- yeah, I feel bad saying... Apparently, it needed uh, like 15 people to operate it. I believe it. Moving the
0: hands. Yeah,
1: I'm Moving sh- the mouth.
0: I'm sure it did. It, uh, I feel bad saying it's like grotesque because this whole time we've been trying to like... The whole point of this movie is humanize the people on Mars, but I'm dude, like, this guy is, is
1: intentionally making this thing extremely grotesque. Yeah, it's yeah, he's in, so uh, yeah. that's where I don't mind saying it because <laughs> it is so upsetting. Yeah, and it lingers on this thing's face. It literally looks like a dude. It's a baby's face. Yeah. I have a baby.
0: <laughs> All right, fair enough. I can see why that This would Thing
1: have. is a baby's face yeah. on this. Grown man's stomach growing out of his stomach with two hands, two little baby hands, mutant hands, and it's saying over and over again, open your your mind, mind. open your mind. Mind like over and over like more upsetting, and the camera is on this thing. Like, look, they made this puppet. They're gonna put this puppet in a movie. Hey, this puppet. That's was, how it feels. This puppet
0: was expensive. He opens the mind yes. to reveal that the, hey.
1: the the grand. Go on. He opens his mind. Tell us what does. Tell us what the grand scheme is that is in the thing that's been in his mind yeah. all along. So the point Tells of all this,
0: the the information that could really fuck up Copenhagen, good to use Hauser's words, is the fact that inside the pyramid. Mines the ones that have been subject to rebel raids is there's alien technology it's a reactor and it is suggested that this reactor if activated was built by aliens and it could actually create basically some sort of atmosphere around mars that will then allow enough air and oxygen to be available on the whole planet so we don't need domes we don't need anything like that that's the but that's the big thing what secret. would it take away It would take away Cohagen's wealth. It would take away his wealth. Uh, Super believable that a wealthy man would not want to do what's great for the people if it's going to detriment his wallet. So makes total sense. Comes back. He's like, we're not doing this. We're not doing
1: this. He's like, we're not touching any of this stuff. For all we know, it could destroy the planet, which, by the way, is extremely true. I would think that if something that was 500 million years old you went to turn it back on, it might not work the way it was supposed to. Yeah, that's to. not the
0: worst take. <laughs> it's not the worst, not take, the be worst be like, hey, take. maybe not turn this thing on. However... The
1: the take should be, hey, we need to get all the scientists in the universe out here right now to figure out how thing. we get this thing working yeah. and not just, let's just bury yeah. it, which is what he does. But yeah, the the idea of being like, hey, if this thing turns on, maybe it goes all bad.
0: That is a good take. Yeah, more evidence to your point. More evidence to your point that, uh, you know... Uh, maybe Cohagen's just this like figurehead. He's this like omnipresent. He's just, he's just there. you know, he's yeah. there to have all these points. So they have learned, that's the information. Uh,
1: Quaid comes back to reality, but Kuato is still kind of out of it. The earth is shaking. The earth is shaking and Quaid kind of wakes up. He looks around. Kuato is holding his hands. Marshall Bell's character, whatever his name is, is in a trance and he tries to wake him up, wake him out of it. They're here. They found us. They found us. And these drill trucks, we've kind of seen these once or twice before during, they're just like, yeah,
0: during the car chase, they're like these base huge, like, yeah, drill machines, vehicles with giant drills on the front. They're very rad.
1: Very cool. They're cool. And they're bursting in all over the rebel base here. And the rebels are fire, start fighting back. They start shooting guns. The, the, soldiers
0: come in you know what and what the drilling a- machines reminded me of uh you ever seen armageddon i have not seen armageddon. oh man i think i think you might like it universally panned i love armageddon that's what you thought of with this are you familiar i
1: will definitely watch are you armageddon. familiar come with on. the
0: premise that they need to destroy
1: this asteroid and they do it
0: by drilling they do they basically <laughs> nasa sends yes. them up with these big machines that drill i'm familiar with the premise <laughs> i was really grasping at straws because i you know i've been making this ongoing thread of Uh, other movies that have been other movies that borrow from (laughs) totally grasping at straws on this one and it would have been funnier if you had seen
1: no no i get it i think i don't think anyone's grasping at more straws than the batman no that one was great (laughs) but uh yeah no that's i understand that he like they pull bruce willis because he's a miner (laughs) to mine this asteroid or something like that
0: watch it on the fourth of july you'll
1: never feel more american uh will do (laughs) um since we're here already, uh, did you? Uh, there was an interview with Arnold about uh, Total Recall, and they asked him, "Hey, you were at like this, you know, filmmakers retreat with all these other actors and producers and directors, and you know, what was it like being there? Did you like talk to the other actors and like uh, you were like competing with each other, like my movie is going to do better than your movie, blah blah blah?" And uh, one, the person they referenced was Bruce Willis. Um, what was Bruce Willis doing in 1990? I'm not sure, but I'm sure it was a... Probably Die Hard 2. <laughs> probably Die Hard 2, right? Uh, one A Die Hard movie or something. But uh, he and Arnold was like, oh no, we're all just like... We, we get together and we're like, hey, we're all millionaires, right? We're on top of the world <laughs> right is, now. This is pretty cool, right? Actually, you know what he said in that interview that stuck out to me is um, he said, competition is good. And these other people make me want to be my best. Because when I make a movie, that's my moment to shine. And these other guys, I know they're going to do great. I know Bruce Willis is going to do great in his movie. Whenever I'm on camera now, I need to think about, hey, he's going to be doing his best. I need to be doing my best and put my all into this movie. And that was actually one of the cool takeaways I had from that interview. He was like, competition. Arnold, come on. Very competitive. You already know that
0: before he's an actor. Oh, totally. I mean, one thing we didn't talk about when we, we did our big history lesson on this podcast about talking the making of it is we didn't talk about the marketing of it. So they make this movie. Oh yeah, they make this movie. They, this is a great story. They cut the trailer. They premiere this trailer and it's boring as shit. And Arnold's like, this trailer blows. He was like, we just spent six months making this kick-ass action movie with a director that understands action pace, science fiction. It rules. It's got these cutting edge special effects. It's awesome. He literally says like, "Guys, we they made amazing special effects for this movie and none of them are in this trailer. So we already made the most expensive movie that's ever happened. I'm going to go to the studio and say, "Yo, you need to like apparently only So they some- had a he says they had a
1: like a 46% awareness rating, which I think it was 46, but it could have been f- it's 40 something, something and like he's that, basically yeah. he's basically like this is disastrous. Yes. This is like Either weeks before or a month before the movie comes out, he's like, this is terrible news. This news is so bad. This movie has
0: no chance because of its awareness rating. And then he says, Look, you need to pony up an extra three to five million or whatever it is. We're revamping this marketing campaign. And they were like, oh, man. And he was like, just do it. So they did he's it. like, do, He literally Arnold is the one who says, you must make this happen. This is unacceptable. So they did it and then it went up to like 98% public like contest.
1: 98 or 99% awareness rating. And then this
0: movie made like $250 million and, and Was that's a just huge. That's just hit. box office. We already talked about the monumental impact that home media had. This movie has made tons of money over the years. Another example of Arnold just Getting the industry.
1: He's just Making the, the right guy at the right time. He just, yeah, he just got it. Making the right calls, man, for sure. All right, man, we got we to gotta get through this. So Benny is looking on in awe. Arnold and Molina are blasting away. Rebels are getting smoked. They
0: finally dip out and run through the tunnels. And they're trying to get Kuwato away. And Quaid's very, they pull him out, but Quaid is also, and this just makes the next moment very heartbreaking, very intentional about Benny. Benny, come on! Screaming for Benny, he doesn't yeah. want to leave Benny behind. Intentionally bringing
1: Benny with them, and they get to this like, I guess it's like a uh, oxygen chamber. I forget what I don't know what you call it. Uh, one of these like enclosed rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this a it's lot. It's a sci-fi thing. Yeah, it's an enclosed room between where they're gonna go step out into space or wherever it is. Yeah that they are. And there uh I think Quato is like, "Hey, we got to we got to put on some suits, put on some suits." Not Quato, the the other dude that is attached to the host of Quato. The, the host of Quato is like, "Put on some space suits. We're going out into space." And they're like, "Okay, they're getting ready to do it." And as they do that, the door closes behind them. Benny turns around, pulls out his gun and blasts them. Tragic man, the double turn of Benny. The double turn of Benny is tragic, and uh, he they're like, what the fuck? You're a
0: mutant. Like, we saw you. We saw your You're thing. We like, saw what your you, hand, man. He's like, listen, what are you doing? I got four kids to feed. Because <laughs> this whole time, we haven't mentioned it. We mentioned it the first time, but he, this whole time, he's been referencing his five kids, and that's his hustle. He said it over and over and over and over This time over he again. says four kids, they say, what about the fifth? And he goes, oh, shit, man, you caught me. My story's falling apart. I'm not even. I'm not even married. I'm not even married, and it's just like, oh man, Benny. Oh
1: man, Benny. Benny shot uh, the host, whatever
0: his name is, and then uh, Quaid bends down and looks at Quado because Quado's like on death's door, but he's just like, Quaid, stop the reactor, free, free Mars.
1: Mars. <laughs> I love it. I love, 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 that kind of sci-fi nonsense. Fremor. This is a great dying line. Yep. Amazing dying line. But they take him in. He gets blasted. Kuato gets blasted oh, by Richter. he gets a Richter. headshot.
0: Yeah. He gets
1: a headshot. And dude, it's fucking gnarly because the exit wound is real big. Dude, it's nasty. You even see it on the... So, okay. So, Kuato says that. Richter has come into the room, he shoots, kills Kuato, mm-hmm. and it's nasty, like this little you know thing that they've built, this puppet that they've built, the bullet goes in, and the top of its head like pops off, and then they show now all of the stuff gets brought to Co- Cohagen and Cohagen is observing the corpse of Kuato, he looks down on it and there's a
0: huge hole in the top of its head yeah. from this exit wound. It's fucking nasty, and he's just like, "Well, this is the great Quado," and he just he's like looking in disgust. Uh, yeah, and he's like, "Well, my boy, you're a hero." And Arnold, as much as I, we've been praising him. We've been praising him for our however many episodes this is, and hours drops for you. He. This is like the third or fourth time he's said this phrase, but he can never seem to deliver it with like <laughs> the gusto. He just goes, fuck you. <laughs> like it's very <laughs> monotone. And I'm like, why can't Arnold? I love it. There's so many other moments where, you know, like I said in the beginning, he's like, what the fuck did I do wrong? He really brings it. Yes. But whenever yes. he's like, fuck you, it's very funny flat (laughs) but it always it makes me laugh
1: yeah i don't know there's something very terminator ish about it that's just like maybe i don't know maybe he's trying to emulate this like absolutely emotionless like i don't know i have no reaction to what you're saying it's just pure i don't know but yeah i get it i get what you're saying yeah (laughs) so this
0: is the this is the reveal man this is we've mentioned it several times that this is the this is the master plan so he mentions that you know because Milena kind of gets kind of pissed because he was like, you know, because he's like, you did a great job leading me right to them. And she's like, I knew And she's it. like, oh, Hauser, you fucked me again. You fucked me over. And he's like, no, listen, Quade's innocent. So Hauser and I, you know, invented Quade. We realized that we needed the perfect mole because every time we tried to send someone, the psychics would figure you out. We needed the perfect mole who could just be too perfect. This goes back to what I, I was love talking about when
1: uh, when Arnold, in this moment, he's calls uh, Richter an idiot because he's like, he goes, "No, your your plan doesn't make sense because you sent this idiot to kill me."
0: Oh <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. couldn't do it, but he was trying. Yeah, and- he tries. So. That's, a, that's when Cohen is like, well, he had no idea. Yeah. He was not in on this. <laughs> he serves yeah. as like a kind of an audi, audience surrogate. I think we've mentioned this before where it's like you, you in Terminator. I think they try to you try to anticipate the questions the audience are going to ask. And so he's kind of that like he's the audience for this scene. And so when he's like, hey, Quaid's innocent or "Yeah, Quaid's innocent. Hauser and I devised this. We had to be perfect because the psychics would always pick up our other moles so what we did was he made the perfect mole and we knew that you would lead us right to it. And he goes like, hey, your plan's a little too perfect. Yeah, because you sent this idiot after me. And it's like, no, 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 God. <laughs> he's like, no, this idiot was a real problem, actually. Yeah, he almost fucked this up for me. You went down to recall.
1: <laughs> I'd love both of them Barry Richter here. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no. Arnold is, Arnold goes, this idiot was trying to kill me. And then Cohagan's like... I had to deal with fucking Richter trying to kill you. I had to deal with this guy doing this and all this stuff. These is like fl-
0: doesn't he say like it's a goddamn miracle this actually worked? You go to re- <laughs> it's a goddamn
1: miracle this actually worked. You, you go, go to this, you go to recall all over here trying to <laughs> turn things up at every chance he got. You
0: go to recall you fuck up your memory chip early, so then we have to conjure this scheme <laughs> to try to like patch this all together or whatever. And you know that's that. And so that's the big reveal was they quade. They patched his memory so that he would appear truly innocent to lead them to uh, the the rebel base. He would, so finally the rebels would bring him into Quato
1: that they could then, he could f- know where the base is. Finally
0: find where the great Quato is and silence his one, uh, one nemesis here. Uh, but yeah, that's the idea is they send uh, someone in to pose and find out where the, the, the rebel, quote unquote, rebel leader is. So uh, yeah, so that's that. And then He says, "Well, like, look, I don't expect you to believe me, but I'll believe. You know, I'm going to show you someone you trust." So he plays this video. Who is this?
1: this, Who's this going to be now?
0: My mother? Yeah, were you going to play me another video? You think your mother's going to tell my mother's going to tell me? Nope. It's you. It's Hauser, and this is when we get Joey P. Because he's really ramping up. But it works. It works
1: because he's like really hamming up. It works because because the on the on this video he's hamming it up, and it works because the character of quaid is hating it
0: yeah quaid hates just like the
1: audience hated joey p brenner like anyone who watched that movie hated joey p brenner (laughs) quaid also hated the (laughs) joey p brenner coming anyway yeah uh no this is this this is good but yes absolutely this dude is like giving this snark he's like if you're here it's because you killed quanto
0: and you know we faked you out the whole time and then you see and actually uh that's my body. I was there and first. I, I want, want it back. back. <laughs> and you, in the video, you see <laughs> Cohagen. And so he's like, all right, man. Well, listen, I want my buddy. I want my buddy Hauser back. So they plop. They. He says, maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll see you again uh, in my dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's got a very exaggerated. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> very exaggerated sort of laugh there. And when he... So then they haul them off to memory chairs, the same kind of what chairs. Are, I
1: liked it. I liked the... I, I mean, I enjoyed the scene like... It was well done, is what I'm
0: saying. We're cruising through here. Yeah, I think I probably shouldn't cruise through the master plan as fast as I am. Yes, I agree. It's a good, <laughs> I think it's because we've alluded to it so many times. Yes, I mean it's a great, it's a great turn. It's a very like, oh shit, you know. Um, uh, especially if you you knew it was coming. Yeah, you, you you were not surprised to see that
1: Hauser was the one on this video because. You've seen Hauser on videos before, up to this point. Yeah, they've brought him in. What's the like? What else could it possibly? And Arnold even
0: laughs it off, saying, "It's my mother." You know, it's going to be him. Yeah, I just meant the whole turn of like the whole point of this entire movie was so that you would take us to Quaido. I thought I thought just like from a story perspective, I agree that that's yes, yes. But you did know that Hauser was going to be the one on this video. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but then they haul them off to the memory chairs. Um, so now we find out what the master plan was this All whole time. It's
1: time to warm up your um, capital A on your keyboard. <sighs> yes, absolutely. Yes, get it ready because it's time to to get started.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be hitting that one a lot. We've been here for a little bit. We'll just do this now. We need to do this. So we're entering Act Three. So this movie has been very awesome. Yes, Act Three moves super fast. Act three is super awesome. There's a lot of things that I'm super here for and kick so much ass. The the alien stuff, I think from a story perspective kind of fizzles a little bit for me. Almost like it was implanted. <laughs> that. And it's also just very convenient. So for those uh, Weird. So funny, funny anecdote, another history lesson about this movie. I'll go quick. Cause we've done a bunch of them. No, don't go quick. Don't go quick. So Arnold hires Paul Verhoeven. He's like, you're the man. I want you to do this movie. He's like, cool. That's great. He signs his contract. The ink is dry. They go, here's your script. And he goes, all right, cool. Oh, wow. The third act of this movie is really bad. And yeah, I can't quite I figure it out. This now, yeah. And he goes, I can't quite figure this out. This is bad news. And then he looks, shit, this is version 42 of this script, which means that There's been 42 revisions, and they can't quite nail this script. That's because we mentioned this at the very
1: beginning of this episode that this movie had been in literal hell of development. Yes. From from Dino De Laurentiis' company, et cetera, for however
0: long. Total Recall was going to be made, but it's just been in this cycle of rewrite, And so I think... So then he hires, I believe, the guy he had worked with on RoboCop and a guy he had collaborated with a lot. And he says, hey, man, I, I'm going to hire you. I need you to punch up this third act. And he was actually the guy who I think made a lot of the switches with like Arnold's not an accountant. He's going to be a um, contract, uh, construction worker and this, that, and the other. And he makes the third act. Like he kind of pieces it together and gets it done. And it's fine. Like it's it's perfectly good. But for me, the story is – all the secret agent spy stuff, the alien shit I'm, I'm here for. I love aliens. I'm easy to please when it comes to that. But it, to me, it's, <laughs> it's not as like, it's very abrupt. Suddenly it's just like, for me, the third act starts with the mind reading. And then it's like, you get the turn. I think the reveal is probably existed in the source material, but then it's like, all right, cool. All right. What was he hiding? All right, cool. Alien technology. Great. Sounds good. All right. Well, what does it do? Well, it does this thing we need that will dissolve his wealth. All right, cool. Well, uh, aliens just built it. All right, great. Sounds good. Like they just sort of aliens it along. They move it so fast. They move super fast, but it's cool and it's fine because it, it is supported by just some chef's kiss level sequences that we get here. So that's why I think from a story perspective, the third act is the weakest act. But from from uh, the action perspective, from a and kicking the- ass perspective, <laughs> it fucking rules. So it's OK. Yes. It's totally great. I'm still 100 percent on board with this movie. So, like, let's go. <laughs> they wheel Melina. And I, I, I'm
1: 100 percent with you with what you just said. Just want you to know that right, I'm glad. So they everyone gets wheeled into this room and they get put into the iconic recall chairs. How do I get one of these in my house? Dude, Dustin?
0: and these ones look way better than the the ones at recall because they're like yeah. more metallic and they have metal straps. We talked about Arnold breaking out of the Velcro. They're, they're
1: like locks, metal yeah. locks. Like these things get bolt, like they lock
0: these guys in and they bolt them into these chairs. And I loved one of the one of my favorite lines is coming up that I mentioned earlier where when he just chooses to reject Hauser, because here Cohagen's like uh, we're gonna reimplant. The, the, Hauser's. There's
1: some there's some real gnarly lines. And there's some right venom here, here. As, they,
0: as they put them into these chairs. Yeah, and he goes, "Don't worry about it. You're gonna love uh, you're gonna love Hauser." And he goes, "No, I won't. The guy's a fucking asshole. The guy's a
1: fucking asshole." It's, it's an amazing. So line. So good.
0: That's one of my favorite lines that reinforces. I love his-
1: that line, I love that line in the context of Quaid choosing Quaid over Hauser, and I love that line in
0: the context of. Just you know, all all that this movie is doing with identity here, I love it. Yep. And then he, you know, he tells that uh, he tells Melina, "Hey, listen, you're gonna get fixed as well. We're going to." Oh, hold on, horrible hold on, oh,
1: Horrible. All right. The way he, this delivery, when when he talks to Melina, is is so upsetting. It's Like rough. if you take even like the moments to even listen to what he says to her. Is so upsetting. And Cohagen has gone so far beyond the villain that you thought he was, where before he was the wealthy billionaire that you could envision exploiting people for his own wealth to whatever end. Yeah, capitalist pig. And, and then here she is like or or he he's talking to um Quaid and he says Hey, you're going to love Hauser. Hauser's great. He's got a Mercedes. He's got a nice house. Good bank. And uh, Melina, you like Melina, right? Well, she's going to be, you know, she's going to be your girl. And Melina's like, fuck that. I'm not hanging around for any of this shit. And he's like, and he comes to her and he says, like he's talking to a a pet, like he's talking to an animal. He says, we're going to have you. Fixed. It's so nasty. But the nastiness is different from the so it's hard for me to exactly describe what I'm gonna say. So I'm just gonna take a moment here to just say what I'm what's in my brain. We got some we got some real nastiness in the red heat episode that you and I both did not enjoy in a big way. Mm-hmm. And this feels just like that. In its nastiness, because he comes to her, he says, "We're gonna get you
0: fixed." Like he's talking about an animal. Yeah, it's ultra misogynistic. And the re, like from a story perspective, the only reason I can I think tolerate it more is because he's the villain. That's one hundred percent
1: what I'm getting to here. Is like you, yeah, you're on the same page as me because he dives all the way into it because he he goes a step further when he's like, "You're gonna be." Submissive, you're gonna be quiet, you're gonna do, and he keeps going and going and going, and he's like, just the way a woman should be.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: and what you get from that is, oh, this is what the character in Red Heat thought but didn't say, but the villain of Total Recall says explicitly, This is what he believes. Instead, you have the person in Red Heat making jokes the whole movie long about, oh, I'm this person. I'm a scumbag piece of shit and I hate women in this movie. The guy's like, hey. I'm a scumbag piece of shit and I hate women explicitly <laughs> written in his lines. Yeah. And that's why it works for this character to be that character instead of just making the character in red heat, just be like, be that character, which is what you should have done to make him a better character. That's, <laughs> that's my, uh, thought on this because, you know, and now we can all just root against this guy, right?
0: Yeah. Capitalist pig did not raising the price of air, shutting off air to section G horrible misogynist and to really put the cherry on top. uh, He gets a quick call before they begin the procedure on the screens. And uh, they say, sir, you know, sector G here, these people are dying because you turned off the fans. What should we do? And he's like, don't do anything. Don't do anything. Just, just let them die. So it really puts the cherry on top of this guy. Fuck them. Fuck them. Exactly. That's exactly what he says. That's the line. You fuck them. And so they're going to kick off this procedure as he's walking out, he shouts back to
1: Oh yeah, 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 He says, "Hey, I got a party in my place. Come on over when you are done." And then uh, Richter says to him, "See you at the party," which I think is a very good line here because it's loaded with implications that he's saying it with this fury of being like your everything that you are is going to be taken from you, and at this party you are going to see me there. You are going to shake my hand and i'm going to know that you lost everything when you do that and there's, so that's a loaded line of see you at the party i
0: didn't think about that yeah you're you're totally right and one thing we did skip over too because just to really punctuate how much Richter hates this guy, is he asked the scientist, he says, is he not going to remember any of this? He said, no, nope, none of it. So he punches him in the face. Just rips him one real quick. <laughs> and I thought this is one of Arnold's better like facial moments, because you get this really, facial acting, what I mean, is like you get this really like intense close-up, and the fury in Arnold's face, I think, was, in that particular shot, I thought looked really, really good, really strong. 100%. Yes, cuz a lot of times that stuff it's can intense. sometimes be a little hokey with him. You know, you can get the Arnold noises and that sort of stuff. This one just felt like pure genuine like rage at this guy. So Richter and Cohagen Leave, they're about to k- kick off the procedure to get them the memories wiped and the identities back in place. Just set your uh for all of your letter A's. Just put them on caps lock. Hit caps lock, folks, because this is capital A the best, man.
1: You For the rest of this movie, it's amazing. He
0: is growling and screaming. Capital A Arnold growls. Just trying. He's latched in these metal restraints and literally just bursts his way out of these metal restraints. These metal restraints. The whole like bolt of this thing is still sticking out of the bottom of it. And he has this giant bolt and he uh, just takes a swing at the scientist impales this guy in the throat with the bolt, and it fucking rules and blood is everywhere. It's so awesome. How, and he <laughs> breaks out of all his restraints. He's in is standing right now. He's <laughs> impaling all these guys and, manages to get some sort of how does he get the thing like the rod or whatever
1: i no no so so here's the thing right so they've, this has happened before in recall at the beginning of the movie he was strapped to this thing with velcro straps right and he literally rips his arm out of the straps and grabs the dude's face here they have him bolted to the chair he rips the bolts out and starts sl- stabbing through throats of men with his bolts then uh <clears throat> this guy, the, like one guy comes at him with a fire ax, swinging it at him. He pushes him aside. One guy has like this, like pole or something, whatever it is, some kind of tool. He takes the pole and that's what he uses to block the fire ax guy. That's what like he, got- yes, yes. He takes the pole out of the dude's hand, the fire ax swings. He knocks this fire ax away. Another dude's there in front of him and he th- thrusts his pole through the dude's, the bottom of his jaw and it comes out oh, the top of so his skull. Awesome. And the camera cuts in such a way that it's, it's so effective. And then it, he, it cuts to Arnold making the thrust. So you see Arnold's shoulders and his arms thrusting at this man's head. And then it cuts back to the dude's head. And you see his head with a whole pole inside of it. And then he collapses and there's blood everywhere. And yeah, so he kills all of these
0: scientists here. It rules. He frees Melina. She asks him, you know, are you still you? And he says, what do you think? Gives her a passionate kiss. So obviously they're on the same side and they escape. And as they escape, he's like, we got to go back to them. They go back to the tunnels. This is super quick. So I, I don't know how close uh, uh, Cohagen's like, yeah, the, I don't know where they are. They're, they're not that away. far away. And they're super quick. They're back in the catacombs.
1: Well, for, well also, so they, they got away, but then they go to this elevator, right? And Arnold has the fire axe. And he they go to, they like hide on either side of the elevator door. And he tosses the fire axe to him. Oh, me yeah. In. The door opens. These two guards come out. Arnold, he doesn't need a fire axe. He only needs his arms because he's Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and he smashes this dude. Melina takes the axe and axes this dude, and they both, you know, they take them out, then they go in the elevator and they grab guns that are, apparently this is a gun elevator because there's uh, like shelves of guns here, and they grab guns
0: and they move on. Then we cut to Cohagen. Then they go to, they go to the term, they go down to the catacombs, they're kind of pursuing through the catacombs, and this is where I was talking about some of the story beats where I think Melina thinks they're going back to, to all the other rebels, or Section G, because she's like, people are dying. We need to go. And he's like, no, we got to go to the reactor. And she's like, yeah, it, it doesn't about?
1: matter. The, the stuff about saving them, we got to save Mars. That's yeah, and how he's we like, save listen, them.
0: no, we got to go to the reactor. And she was like, what reactor aliens put it here. OK, <laughs> like it, this is what I was <laughs> yes. talking about the movie. They're just like, OK, yep, we got to wrap this up. So he's yep, like, listen, yep, yep. aliens put this here. If we activate the reactor, there's enough air for all of Mars. And she's like, all right, great. And then there's a quick quick scene between Richter and Cohagan where he says like, "Sir, you need." Richter asks him like, "Hey, man, you need to make a decision." He finally admits, "All right, we'll kill him." Okay, and I think you mentioned earlier that I think this is one of the bitter, bitter, bigger scenes where maybe it really does show Cohagan's affinity for Hauser and upset yes. that he's giving yes. the, upset that yeah, he's giving he, the orders. This
1: is this is where, uh, yes, one, yeah, I, because he says, "Fine, kill him," and Richter is like yes this is what i've been saying all along i'm trying to kill this guy he's like and and also a what makes you think richter's gonna be able to kill this guy obviously he cannot do it like you you just because you gave him the green light you think he's gonna be able to do it now he hasn't been able to do it even though he's been trying to do it without the green light all this time yeah now you're like yeah go ahead and kill him he's like richter's like hell yeah i'm going definitely dude you cannot do it you're not gonna be able to do it a b Cohagen is visibly
0: distraught that he made this call right throughout all this we are getting various cross cuts and shots of the folks of uh, all our favorites tony thumbelina all the other folks at the last uh, last resort they're all uh, they're dying. struggling they're really struggling there's not enough air uh, Quaid and quade and melena arrive at the area of the tunnel where because uh quato unlocked his mind he's like man this is where the This is where it should be. It's all patched up. I don't understand. I don't know what it is. And at that point, all of a sudden, the lights are real. The real hero (laughs) he shows back uh, up. The lights appear on one of these driller machines. Turns out it's Benny. What was he doing? I guess now he's in an employee. I don't know. But yeah, why was he down there? Why Uh, was he down there with a drilling machine looking to drill these guys? Uh, Whatever. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Like I said, Maybe maybe it's because it's. A dream.
1: But anyway, they, they're they, drilling they, they B- B- shows quick. up with a drill truck here, one of the ones we've seen and talked about. So he's far. chewing this up, man, because he's like, Hey,
0: oh. Quaid, remember me. And he's really uh really going for it. And he's gonna crush him. But then dude, this scene, this scene is very good. Hit your cap locks. <laughs> very cool. Hit your cap locks, folks, and it's hit all still the A's coming Because <laughs> Arnold grabs this like boring machine, like a, like boring holes. It's this monster drill, and it, if you imagine this drill truck is a drill truck,
1: Arnold picks up a mini drill truck <laughs> in his arms, and he he attacks this truck
0: with the drill. He walks like right in between the drill bits without fear. They're not slicing him up for whatever reason, and he's really trying to like penetrate this. Uh, and it doesn't quite and, work and
1: this thing push it, is pushing them towards the wall Melina is up against the wall and she starts getting ripped up right like she gets some shots on her arms it literally looks like she's getting chewed up by this thing I thought she was almost gonna die the first time that I saw it but she you know manages to to
0: get her way into where she's gonna be okay quade goes pulls away yeah goes to the side changes his mind and then Benny loses sight so he's like where are you Quade what are you doing and he takes this gigantic drill, goes through the side of the machine and gives this him... This thing is a full two feet long. A very emphatic... Hey, Quay, I'm going to squash you! Ready? Uh, and I wanted to ask you, is this the first one-liner that we've gotten not of this movie, the first one-liner where he's delivering it with like emotion that isn't like, mm. that isn't like the emotion of this is a eighties one-liner comedy wink. I can't, I couldn't think of any others. I'm going to
1: say offhand when you asked me that question, I'm going to say, yes, just but, like gone to my are head. Three hours and 33 minutes into <laughs> recording this episode. <laughs> I have definitely had a couple of beers, so I'm yeah. not like 100 percent sure yeah. about that answer to that question. I'm gonna say yes. He's had
0: one-liners in this movie, but they were delivered yes. with the like trademark 80s, one-liner tone, comedic, whatever. The one-liner here is is definitely different. But he's really like raging it, but it's also like screw you, as he kills the guy with the drill. So it's a one-liner with drill. This is a one. This is a capital
1: A Arnold one liner to yeah. the max. No yes. questions asked. It's amazing. Yep. He pulls the drill thing out, and there's blood all over it. He got
0: chewed up inside this thing. Absolutely. It's amazing. Benny bites it, and then we will keep cruising through this third act as fast as it does. Uh, They get to the reactor. He explains like, hey, the reactor has enough air, Melina, to make enough air for this whole." So,
1: So now that they had this altercation with the drill thing, it had knocked a portion of the wall down. Oh, yes, you're right. So that they can go into this. This is where Arnold thought it was supposed to be. They've knocked the wall down. They can go inside. So in some weird way, Benny is now actually hero because he's opened up this wall to the thing. And you go inside and you take a look, right? And it's this huge
0: yeah, monster. Cavern, monster, Enormous cavern.
1: And the the stuff is there, right? The alien stuff is there. It looks like inverted skyscrapers. Like literally like thin towards the bottom and then they kind of build out around and around all the way back up. And there's long passageways, ladders,
0: bridges, etc. along the way. Arnold says, this is where we're supposed to be. They're walking down this long bridge. Richter and his team has all have also arrived. They are uh they're kind of hiding out behind these really large pillars. And as Arnold and Melina approach, Arnold realizes they're behind there. He says, I got an idea. Cracks out the old hologram. Man. The hologram fight is so sick. So, you see Quaid walking between these pillars. Mm -hmm.
1: Richter and his goons are all kind of gathered around him. And then they spring the trap, right? And they all fire a million bullets into this Quaid that they see. And Richter has a face that I could only really describe as orgasmic. (laughs) (laughs) has this... Weird smile that like grows on his face as they're blasting. Quaid's arms bend up. His knees buckle. He falls to the ground. They continue to fire at him. Slowly, they realize this man is not becoming Swiss cheese like Mm. the man did earlier in the movie. Something isn't quite right here. And they stop firing. He stands back up. Does he begin laughing? Does he laugh at them here? Okay, he stands up, begins laughing
0: at them. And they're like, what the, what the, what's going on? This is crazy. But it's a super, it's a super exaggerated, (laughs) like, yeah, from the belly. He's very, he's really hamming it up. Hamming it up.
1: From behind comes the real Quaid. And he just blasts
0: these dudes. He takes out like eight dudes right here. In the blink of an eye. This is my last one here. Hologram, Quaid, not dying, Last Jedi. <sighs> I don't want to think about The Last Jedi. <laughs> I agree. However, I thought you were a defender of that movie. I am. I
1: just don't want to think about it anymore. Uh, that's fine. I don't know if I am anymore.
0: All I'm saying is the...
1: No, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Luke, yes,
0: Luke does the hologram. Yes. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> that was my last one. <laughs> uh, that was my Luke last. Does one.
1: the hologram in the Last Jedi? This is a better hologram this moment rules, here. Yeah, yeah this room is amazing, <laughs> and there's still not over yet because he blasts like eight dudes here, and then they're all like scattering around. Richter says he's got a hologram, which is a great moment
0: of sci-fi just conversation. Everyone's supposed to get that. One of my favorite segments here is when. He's turned the hologram off. He walks up, and now that they know there's a hologram, he, the real Quaid walks up. There's like three guys looking at him, and he's like, he does the belly laugh again. He's like, oh, oh, oh. you think this is the real Quaid? It is, and he turns around and just... And way some. It's so good. (laughs) I love that line. It's so good.
1: It's amazing. (laughs) You think this is the real Quaid? It is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> takes these guys out why wouldn't these guys just fire at anything that looks like think, quaid? yeah at
0: this point who cares like if, if you, you see waste- something
1: that looks like quade shoot at it and if it doesn't die then you know it's the hologram but whatever doesn't matter the scene it's moves. great they've been they're tossing the hologram between each other
0: which is very cool which is a cool strategy now you're getting hologram melina she's hologram doing melina she's doing shit taking people out hologram quaid he's
1: doing stuff not hologram quaid who's pretending to be a hologram is doing stuff
0: this whole sequence rules so hard. And then Quaid tackles Richter on top of this elevator, and they have a, a very, I think, a very good fight. I think they're 100%. They're Rick... As Michael Ironside is like, their their choreography is awesome. It really looks like they're like throwing rules. It looks below. like he's... Like, uh, I think Quaid goes
1: up against the wall with his back facing out, and Richter just throwing the heat at his yeah. back, like right in the center of his back. Like, dude, this would... One of these would take me out for weeks. Definitely. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Yeah. He is laying into him. Uh, but, I mean, we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1990 here. So he, he can handle it. He can take this heat and eventually knocks him back, throws him over the edge of this rising elevator, still holding both of his arms as the elevator slowly climbs forward, climbs higher, climbs higher. And
0: what do we see, Dustin? And both his arms just get severed by the fact that the elevator has gone up to a floor, closed the gap, and you just have two decap, uh, two two severed arms <laughs> being held by Quaid. Literal whole like arms from elbow to hand. Arnold our, uh Richter falls to his death. <laughs> see you at the party, Richter. Throws his arms off, Call which back. is all, Yeah, because uh, Richter was really looking forward to that party. For all the great reasons yeah.
1: that Mark mentioned. Dude, he's holding these arms up as this thing slowly climbs up. Richter looks up and Richter is like, oh my God, no way. No, no, no. Like there's mo, like there's moments of recognition for Richter to understand what's about to happen. And this thing just rips off his arms from the elbow up. Like Arnold is standing there as Richter is falling to his death, holding... <laughs> two halves of the arms of Richter, and then he just tosses them off. See you at the party, Richter. Richter, who had said, see you at the party. So I think this is close to the top of the one-liners. The only thing is that this one is so context dependent. True. See you at the party, Richter. You have to know you're watching Total Recall. It's not like, get to
0: the chopper. It's not mm. like, you know, stick around. Screw you. Stick <laughs> around. Screw Uh, Yeah, so now uh, Quaid has reached the reactor, and this part's a little video gamey, you know, because it's just- At this point, man, the villain has been dispatched. Right. Richter's been dispatched, and then for some reason, Cohagen was just hanging out in the reactor room, just waiting. Cohagen does not physically intimidate me. No. And he's not supposed to, Uh, but he shows up with a gun just as Arnold's about to react it. They have a little bit of a standoff. He's just like- don't do this, uh, you know, and he's like, What are you doing, man? You got to give these people air. He's like, Listen, I wanted Hauser back. You could have been rich, things would have been awesome. This sucks. And Melina just, shows I'm gonna up. blow this all up. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna blow
1: up this thing before you can throw the switch. You're gonna die, and that's the way it's gonna be. And as he's about to blow how or as he's about to blow Quaid away, the you hear the sound of gunfire, but it is not. Cohagen's
0: gun. It is Melina's gun, as she has come up some other elevator. She gets him good, yeah, and he falls to the ground, but triggers the bomb. They hear the bomb beep. Arnold grabs the bomb. He throws the bomb down a reactor shaft. It explodes, which has definitely damaged this contained area, and now they are exposed to the it's Mars.
1: cracked the dome! It's cracked <sighs>
0: the dome, and uh, they start getting sucked out, just like in the airport scene, and uh, Cohagen... He gets sucked out real quick. So, Cohagen, he like is grabbing something, but Arnold is like pulling
1: himself up like hand-by-hand. Hand. Yeah, there's,
0: like, this cable that gets... This cable gets wrapped around... So, basically, I guess the only thing it takes to turn on this panel is you just have to, like, put your hand on it. There's, like, a handprint. Well, I think uh, you must have, like, either an alien hand
1: or the most amazing human hand, and that could only must. be Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Hand. That,
0: I think that's a fair assessment. Fair assessment. So assessment. It's, it's
1: this hand... Alien hand-shaped thing is the button press to turn this thing on. Arnold... Sure, this thing might read that and be like, yeah, this is an alien. Stand. This is <laughs> definitely not a human's hand. Uh, but Arnold is reaching to get to this thing as it's he's Co-Hagan's pulling himself out. up. We should no, know. So Cohagen is hanging
0: on and Ooh. Arnold grabs him and throws him All out. Right. Yeah, he throws him out. It's amazing! Arnold is pulling his whole... No one, no other human
1: could do anything other than hold on for dear life except for Arnold, who can pull his whole body all the <laughs> way up this thing. Not only can he pull his own body up this thing, he can throw other people's bodies off of this thing! And then he continues to climb towards this. Melina gets sucked out, and as she gets sucked out, he presses the button,
0: the blue lights light up, and Arnold gets sucked out. Well they both get sucked out. So Cohen both gets sucked out. He gets sucked out about 30 seconds before they do. Yes. They both get sucked out. And it's just the it's the same scene from the intro. This just just harrowing bug eyed. (laughs) The the way they are demonstrating fat tongued dying on Mars is just oh it's so unsettling, man. (laughs) It's it's awful. Just as bad as it was at the beginning, it's still just that bad right now. And I feel like this goes on for quite a while. So the Agreed. idea is Coagin. You kind of have the three of them all suffocating, but Coagin was out thirty seconds. <laughs> se- he was thirty seconds beforehand, so he ultimately gets it. Real brutal. His eyes are bulged. Everything's bulged out, and you're just getting you're getting sequences of a lot of Arnold noises. Melina dying, Arnold dying, and but the reactor is engaging. And uh, eventually the reactor engages, produces the atmosphere for These Mars.
1: These giant poles heat up. They turn red. There's They're in like squ- blocks of nine, I guess, or whatever. And they lower in. They're superheated, and they press into a glacier. Mm-hmm. And Arnold has pointed this out earlier. He said, look, down there, it's a glacier. The core of Mars is all ice, he says. These molten poles now press into it, and this ice melts, and all this cold air, cold water pumps up into the
0: atmosphere, creating, I guess, air on Mars. I'm no scientist, I don't think they were either. Uh, the, the I'm red no pair, sc- Paul Bearhoven. <laughs> no, the red skies turn to blue. Uh, everyone in Sector G who was dying, they they stand back up. Now they can breathe. Arnold's eyes literally go back into his head. Thank God. Yeah. And they go up. They are stunned. Milena and Quaid, they take one final ascend up this cliff to admire the new landscape that is Mars. It is all blue. It is beautiful. She says, it's like a dream. And he goes, I just had a terrible thought. What if this was all a dream? And she says, well, you better kiss me before you wake up. Fade to white. And that is total recall. So, Mark, final verdict. Was this a dream or was this reality?
1: <sighs> so, my, my take on it, initially when I first watched it, I said, this is reality. Kind of from the jump and kind of bought into that the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And the key reason that I think that it is that way and that I think that it stays that way is actually from an interview where Paul Verhoeven says people watching this movie are going to want this to be real. <laughs> so uh, we need to <laughs> try to make it look like it's real. That being said, I still want there to be some ambiguity to it. And so the movie, I think skews towards this being the reality and that's where that's where that's what i feel when i watch it is that most of the time it is showing itself to say
0: take this at the value that we're saying it as what do you think yeah my first go <clears throat> i was all aboard it being real like being the reality um that it wasn't a, a dream implanted by recall I almost, throughout this course of this episode, I made a sway a little bit more towards Dream, but I think for me, the piece that I am currently latching on to is that bit that I talked about at Recall, the the small segment between his first freak out and when they wipe his memory and put him on the Johnny Cab. Like I said, I just think if it was a fabricated dream, I just don't see Recall creating a dream where they fuck up. I just don't think that that's something that they would do. And there's several other reasons. I mean, and I I can be convinced either. In a lot of these instances, I already mentioned, I can be kind of convinced either way. It's a fun sci-fi movie where each time you watch it, if you just tell yourself like, this time I'm going to watch it thinking it's a dream, and then this time I'm going to watch it thinking it's a reality and you can definitely confirm your bias either way. So, tons of fun and it's you know, it's not the first one to do that. I think a lot of people do that with Blade Runner. I know you're a big Blade Runner fan. A lot of people like to do that with <clears throat> Blade Runner talking about is, you know, is he a replicant or is he not? You can do a lot of that same stuff here. So, uh currently I think I'm going to stick with reality. We'll go with reality. I think that they have
1: they had skewed it in that direction. For the sake of them understanding that they're making a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think that makes sense across the board. I think it makes sense for them saying, you want to see this guy do awesome things. You want to see this guy be awesome. You want to buy into his story. You want to believe what he's doing is what's real. And then they give you nuggets of doubt that are well done and well placed. And you could walk away from it with another perspective. And that'd be completely valid. And I, I think that they give you that here. But ultimately, Dustin, I am a simple man, and I want things to just be awesome, and this movie is fucking awesome.
0: This movie, Total Recall, is indeed awesome, and that's going to wrap this discussion up. This has been 10 Years of Arnold. If you've made it this far and you're enjoying the show, please rate and review us at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It does help spread the word. Also, just tell your friends. You can write into us if you have other comments, cool facts about the movies, or you just want to let us know something. We have a Gmail. It is at ten years of Arnold at gmail.com. Mark, what do they need to do? Spell it. That is years of arnold at gmail.com. And if you're really enjoying the show and you feel like you want to contribute a small donation, a small tip that we can use to maybe buy a cup of coffee or something like that, we do have a ko page set up that is ko-fi.com slash 10 years of arnold. Again, Mark, what do they need to do? Spell it out! <laughs> T-E-N, years of arnold. Our artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Our music is by John McMichael. Join us next week when we are discussing Kindergarten Cop. Thanks again. We will see you later.